welcome to the Drive Home Breakdown. My name is Tony Grice, and uh, I, along with my good friend Brent Adams, like to uh, get on the old internets here every once in a while and talk about movies. And, uh, and this week, I think we got maybe a bit of a treat for you. I, I hope it's a treat. It's going to be a little bit different from, uh, from our standard fare. And uh, we will be doing, it's a running commentary, and it will be for the movie Rio Bravo, which is a, uh, a Western, classic Western from 1959, starring one John Wayne and uh, Mr. Dean Martin. Uh, if uh, hopefully, I know this is going to be this is this is a much older film than most things we've done up to this point, but it's actually a a favorite of both Brent and mine. It's kind of interesting. We were sort of talking about what to do this week, and we decided to uh, kind of to go with something fairly different from what we normally do. But luckily, it was uh, we we just sort of threw some titles out there, and uh, this was one that we both really really enjoy and uh and i hope uh, i hope you will as well um if you haven't seen the film hopefully you know you don't have too much trouble tracking down a copy um but uh and if if not uh, you know and you're just listening to the commentary hopefully uh maybe it it kind of gets you interested to check out the movie because i i really do think it's a uh quite a good film just a, a good fun kind of film takes you back to sort of a different time um but still i think uh very very enjoyable so uh Anyway, without uh, further ado, we'll uh, we'll get you to the the queue up point, and uh, hope you enjoy Rio Bravo. Welcome, guys, to uh, another commentary episode Yeehaw! of the Drive Home Breakdown. We're going to be watching Rio Bravo today, Woo! An, an old movie, nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, a John Wayne movie. Yeah, uh, but but maybe his best, probably my favorite. I'm not a huge John Wayne. You're a big John Wayne fan. I'm a pretty big John Wayne fan. I, I'm I'm just I've kind of gotten into um, kind of gotten into westerns as a, a whole over the last you know five or six years. Like right. you know for for whatever reason when I was a lot younger, westerns just weren't really. I don't know. I just didn't quite they get into my them. Thing here, either. here recently, I've really started getting into. Especially, I love quite a few of uh, John Wayne's flicks. But this, I would actually argue, this is probably. One of my my favorites of his as well because I think it's just a it's just a good film. It is. Great, great supporting cast too. It, it's it's a fantastic movie and uh, we'll talk more about it. But before we uh, before we get into that, we need to go ahead and do a sync clap. Now we are watching the film on uh, DVD, but uh, whatever version you have or may have acquired, we are currently sitting at uh, zero 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 right before we're in the black right before the Warner Brothers logo comes up. So we're going to do a um, a three, two, one click uh, countdown, and uh, you can synchronize that along with us. So here we go. Three, three we do a three, two, two one. one. What do you want up. to do? What do you want? To, you want to do a giddy up? Yeah, three, two, one. Giddy up. That's okay. a great idea. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> three, two, one. Giddy up. Giddy up. The yeehaw scene. Yeehaw. Oh, we should have done city slickers. Oh, we should have. Oh man, oh. that's a that's a great. Something. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, here we are, and uh, we open up as a lot of films of uh, of the period did, okay. with um, with a, a music number playing over. I guess a lot of modern films do too. Although That's, a lot of modern movies really eschew uh, opening credits at all; they just get right into the story. Well, and definitely like the these in this age, we get the entire credits. I mean, at the end of oh, the yeah. film, you literally get like the end, and I think maybe the the copyright, and, and then, then it's it. over. Um, whereas, it, you know, it's sort of interesting because, like, I think movies back in in this time, especially when you're watching them in the theater, you know, you couldn't watch them at home. You know, you weren't you weren't seeing them at, at home it, it, until 
years later when maybe they were shown as reruns. But I mean, um, it was an event to go to to a theater, and this almost was kind of like that. I don't know. Let let you get in. Let you get kind of settled. You're going to sit down. You're going to take yeah. a trip to another world. This these days, you know, it's almost like it's so you know fast paced. It's like. You get in, they you watch want, the movie. They want to get you in there. Yeah, yeah. And this is sort of like, I don't know, it felt like it was probably more of an event when you went to see a movie. Also, I age. mean, they do not they do not give everybody, every, they do not give everybody that worked on the film credit. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, the department heads get credit, but the people who worked in the department Not every single, you know, person so that worked on so, it. So, yeah. you know, a lot of it's changed because, and that's that's changed primarily because of union rules. Yeah. Uh, and, although, and, and, and usually I'm not that much a fan, but I mean, there is something to say for, you know, making sure that everybody that had a hand in it gets credit. I and, think so. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, not a bad thing. Start off here with some... With some Dean Martin, son. <laughs> Check him out. Yeah, he's already drunk, just like normal. <laughs> this was not... He really. He actually didn't even get cast for this movie. He stumbled into this scene. That's and exactly like, hey, right. And they were just like, genius. you know what? That guy looks like a drunk. You... You nailed it. Yeah, Hyatt, son. <laughs> you know, it's uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of I guess conflicting urban legends and things like that about Dean Martin's drinking, but uh, truth be told, uh, a lot of times when he was up on stage with Sinatra and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and the other guy, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was drinking apple juice, uh, yeah. and uh, and. He, he was not. He was not the the hard partier, or at least not all the time. Not all the time. I do think that there is some, there there was, but but not nearly to the to the extent of where every single time you saw him, he was holding, you know, a, a glass of uh, bourbon or something like as that. as opposed to know. Sinatra. Yeah, who was uh, who, who was every bit the uh, the party animal that he is made out to be in history. When Sinatra wasn't drinking; he was beaten. That's basically it. That's right. He was beaten, or he was trying to corrupt politicians. Anyway, <laughs> um, Sheriff Lobo. Uh, I'm trying to remember this uh, this actor's name here, but uh, uh, I know this guy as Sheriff Lobo because he did a uh, he did a TV series. Oh, that's oh, right. this is Claude yeah, Atkins. Claude, Claude Atkins, Atkins. Yeah, he did a TV series called BJ and the Bear, where he played a Sheriff Lobo, and then later had a spinoff series. Oh, how we have sunk! Look at this shot of Wayne, <laughs> the hero shot the hero if there ever shot, was yeah. one. So um, Martin is an interesting. He's an interesting kind of casting choice. Obviously, uh, during his days with. Uh, Jerry Lewis as, as uh, Martin and Lewis, he was. I mean, they were more popular than than the fucking Beatles. I mean, they were the most popular entertainers on earth at yeah. at at, uh, at that time. And to have given that up, and you know, he, he really had an interesting kind of chapter two of his career with uh, with the Rat Pack and uh, and then his considerable acting career and he's yeah really good in tv he did a lot of tv um you know the dean martin show yeah was actually and i'll be honest a friend of mine actually bought you know a lot of times you go to like you know walmart or something they'll have those you know really inexpensive dollar two dollar or walgreens actually is probably more accurate and you could pick up like old tv series and he had like a collection of a bunch of the old dean martin shows and they were they were awesome. He was he was very funny. He's, I mean, he's honestly, he's a great fast on his feet. He is, and a, a great singer. And I mean, it really was a, a very entertaining show. I mean, he definitely yeah. he uh, he was very talented. He really was. Matter of fact, I, I would almost argue he was maybe the most talented of the Rat Pack. Just na- the naturalness easily. of it, you know. Yeah, easily. Although uh, Sammy would be a very you know a I very think close is, second. Yeah. yeah, I think Sinatra had a lot of swagger, a lot of style. Yeah, but I, I never found his acting. I mean, you know, he yeah. won. I think he won a fucking Oscar for Manchurian Candidate, but I, I never found his acting to be as compelling as, as some of Martin's stuff, particularly this yeah. film. He, he never he never played a character that was as rich or uh, as. Um, as evocative. 
And Wayne is. Uh, can I just can I just point out though that in 1959 they were already bar hopping. You're not even kidding. Like literally left one bar with a man's bloodied head on the floor yep. and <laughs> went to the next one. I'd like to point out that we just heard the first line of dialogue in this film. We're almost <laughs> ten minutes in, uh, and and that was uh, that that was definitely something that stood out at the time. Another thing you'll notice is that we've seen I think probably about two of the film's four close-ups. Yeah. I think uh, the one where uh, the one where Joe pulls his gun and shoots the other man and then maybe the uh, the toss of the uh, of the gold dollar into the spittoon. But uh, one of the things that this movie was uh, was noteworthy for and if you ever hear if you ever hear uh, John Carpenter talk about this film, which he likes to do. He is a huge fan of this movie. Uh, he talks about how th- this movie is shot in in wides and mediums, and um, I-, I don't know I don't know if Hawks ever talked specifically about what his intent was, but the effect that it ends up having is it uh, it-, it does give you a sense of of the uh, the place where the movie happens. You're always yeah. kind of getting you know a sense of the town in the background, like we see here, but also uh, you know maybe maybe of isolation, maybe of you know the character kind of being lonely in the frame as uh, as uh, the characters in this film are certainly feeling alone uh, later on as they are besieged yeah. by uh, by the Burdett family and their hired guns. This is uh, this guy here, this uh, dude playing Pat Wheeler. This is Ward Bond, who was also uh, in The Searchers with yes. John Wayne. Yeah, another uh, probably my second favorite John Wayne western. It's a great it's a great flick. It's gorgeous too, and it death. is. One thing we were kind of talking, just a, a weird side note, is how expensive this fucking movie is on Blu-ray. It was like a, a budget release at like you know I think nine ninety nine new when yeah. it first came out. And it's and like going for like a hundred, like ninety ninety to a hundred bucks now. You can't even pick it up anymore. It's it's frustrating. But the Searchers is also another one. It's just you know movies of that time they used like a, I don't even know what film stock they went with this, but I mean just the colors were very saturated. It was very I don't know. It's just a very rich. There's something to uh, movies kind of of this age. It really did sort of um, – they just – they feel very different than, than movies do any longer. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. One of the things that, that's kind of interesting about this movie is just the, the temperament that people have with each other. Everybody seems to have a very kind of short fuse. Now, that's not to say that gunfire breaks out at any time. But, you know, like I remember like watching this film when I was a kid and, and you know, that, that exchange that uh, – that dude and, and Pat Wheeler have there where he's telling his men to stop and then Wheeler's kind of, you know, asking him about, uh, say, uh, didn't you used to be a drunk guy? I stepped over in a gutter. And uh, he, the whole Bora Chung anecdote. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he gets to the end of that and he kind of finishes up and says, now, are you going to tell your men to stop or do I? And, you know, Pat Wheeler's like, yeah, fine, whatever. But just the, just that whole kind of thing of, like, everybody seems just a little bit kind of on edge. Which and, I think back in, in the West, that probably is, you know, they, they were their own men. They didn't really have yeah. to answer to people a lot of times. Well, so. And they didn't like questions, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing that it reminds me of, in a, in a strange way, is it reminds me of Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, but that's a quality of the characters having Deadwood. You know, like, you know, the characters, you know, like, you see them in in that situation. Unless you're, you're a personal friend, and sometimes even if you are... You know, you go asking too many questions, and people start getting riled and like, "What the fuck do you? What the fuck do you want?" Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and all that kind of thing. And in, in its way, although it's although it is not as you know, the presentation here is you know definitely more of that kind of I, I guess maybe the Hayes Code or uh, you know it's that more sort of you know like old Western kind of approach. Yeah, but um, there is kind of a spirit of that in this film, and that uh, you know people don't tend to take shit from anybody else. Yeah. 
Well, and, you know, and I really do. I think it has a lot to do with that, like you were talking about, kind of the isolation of the, some of the characters. I think in the West, there really was that. I mean, your your circle of, of people you knew was was probably... Much smaller. Significantly smaller than what we're used to in our in our day-to-day lives. And uh, so people that you trusted, you know, was, was even, was you know, smaller than that. And I, it just... It was kind of a thing, like, you probably had to be tough. You had to sort of be off-putting, because if you weren't, yeah. you got stepped on. Or That's you got, exactly you know. right. You, know, you, had to, you, had to, you had to bring it. Yeah. So we've just gotten introduced to uh, two, uh, two other characters that are going to be major players in the movie. First North is, Dakota. Uh, <laughs> first and, is Colorado, uh, by, uh, played by uh, Ricky Nelson. Yeah. Not nearly as successful a singer-turned-actor as Dean Martin, I might add. <laughs> uh, and then the, of course, this is, like, this is real early in his career. Like, he had just, I think... Well, I mean, he'd done the Ozzy and Harriet show, uh, which, you know, his family had a TV show yeah. uh, that he kind of broke out of, uh, you know, but he was on that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that this was probably one of his, one of his uh, earlier acting roles... Uh, as far as and when he sort of broke like, out to sing actually, and stuff like that as well, yeah. As far as as far as acting, as opposed yeah. to like I'm Ricky Nelson on some TV show, yeah, yeah. Uh, although I wasn't alive back then, so I could be wrong about that. <laughs> but that's my understanding. But uh, and then the other character is the inimitable, the unstoppable, the force of nature that is Walter Brennan, uh, <laughs> who is uh, who is just going to chew scenery left and right as this film goes on. <laughs> he is amazing. He is. Absolutely spectacular. He's a really good character actor and just one, one of those that sort of like, you, you, unfortunately most people probably won't even recognize him or, or, or maybe know his name, you know, versus, yeah. you know, like a, a John Wayne or Dean Martin. But like you say, he just, he, he owns every scene that he's in for the most part. You know, it's pretty it's really, much. Uh, he also plays a fantastic part in uh, Support Your Local Sheriff yeah. with James Bond <laughs> and Bruce Stern. You ain't going to get these bars that. out. How do you know? I helped set them in. You what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good flick. That is. That is, a, that is another great flick, man. So uh, obviously this scene right here is a scene about a hat. It's about John Wayne's hat specifically, and I believe—I don't know if this is true—but I, I believe that I, I've, I've heard that uh, this. I believe that I've heard. I've heard. I've read that this was the last film that John Wayne used this hat on. Like supposedly he'd used this hat since this is the hat he'd worn since I don't know, like Red River, you know, oh, wow. whatever, like one of his earlier films. And he had to finally retire it after this movie. You can see there's a hole yeah, right say, in the front there. Definitely looks like it's seen uh, seen better days. But it, it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect for this character. I mean, th- this character that uh, that Wayne's playing, John T. Chance, yeah, is uh, he's a man who's been around the block and, and he's tired and and he's he's a guy he's a guy that really isn't spoiling for a fight. He really wants to avoid a fight at all costs. And um, but he's willing to, you know. He, it's not like someone who's like he's not afraid to fight. Want to, yeah, exactly. It's, but he just he, he knows the cost. Exactly. He knows he knows the cost of it, and he also knows he's also pretty realistic about his odds. But the thing is, in a lot of ways, that hat is uh, that hat is is basically uh, an analogy or a metaphor for uh, for not only Wayne but the the entire cast of good guys that are uh, that are in this movie. They're all they're all coming up a little bit short in some way, but together. They end up being more than the sum of their parts, and, yeah. and that's that's really what the film is about. In a lot of, on a really fundamental level, this movie is about, um, it's about professional professionals doing a job. Yeah, and, and I mean that, that's nothing new. That's not my analysis. That's what you know. What every film historian that's watched this movie says. But this movie is about uh, professional men uh, rising to the occasion and getting the job done. And yeah. I, I guess a lot of Howard Hawks movies were. 
we're about that to one degree or another, but probably none so much as Rio Bravo. I love one of the things I actually love about this movie is I think it's really funny. It like, is. It, what do you it mean? Is really, it is hysterical. It is. I, there's something about like the like that the, whole thing where Wayne keeps gesturing with the beer bottle yeah. and Dean Martin's kind of like, "Are you going to hand it to me?" Yeah. <laughs> I lo- he just takes it away again. I love the just the interaction <laughs> between all the characters. Like they're they're so it, it, it feels very natural. Like it does not feel like acting. It doesn't feel. It just no. they all sort of feel like. You know, like uh, ornery or respectful or angry, whatever you know, whatever emotion is happening. It doesn't feel like, like comedy because we're trying to make comedy. It feels like comedy that's born out of the situation or and, the, and, and the, the characters. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's totally, and that's the thing. I mean, that's hard to find. I say hard to find. I mean, that's hard to do even today. Even today, oh, yeah. it's difficult to like you know really ground comedy in characters. That make it work. I, I like one of the most successful examples I can think of is Anchorman. You know, yeah. Anchorman is is over the top absurd comedy for the sake of comedy, and yet because of the setting, because of the characters, it all feels you know it legitimate works within that world. Exactly, that even though it's completely farcical uh, by comparison to this film. I mean, but it, it, it is like grounded in the reality of the film, and the same is true here. Yeah. That's right. I just compared Anchorman to Rio Bravo. <laughs> Suck it. Anyway. Um, but, uh... I like even at this point, you know, you could kind of tell, you know, one of the, of course, the... You kind of wasted some of that last one. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't wasted except I missed him. I, I like how you really can tell, even at this point, he he's sort of reluctant to drink. I mean, you know, it's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's he really. It's like it's that sort of. And I, I've never. I mean, if, luckily, I've, I've not had a problem with alcohol in my life. But I, I from yeah. what I understand, people that have those kind of addictions, it's just like you're you're drawn to it. You can't not help but not go to it. But you can kind of tell there. Like he offers him that second beer, and he's like, no. You know, you yeah. can't tell when he's trying to get a drink at the very beginning of the movie. Like he's. He's hurting. He, he's hurting. Yeah, he he he. It feels like he waited as long as he could until the pain was was too much. And yeah. I, I don't know. That's I really. To me, it feels very real. It feels like a very real. Um, which I, you know, sometimes I think you you know older movies kind of get a rap for maybe you know the acting being. It's just different, you know. It's it's a different take. It's a different style than maybe yeah. what we're used to nowadays. Nowadays, it's a, a you know, I guess supposed to be a lot more natural. Whereas back then, it felt it sometimes felt a little more like acting. But I would actually or at argue least by this, by our standards. But well, exactly. But but I'd actually argue this is kind of one of those movies that sort of gets that it, it feels a little more natural than than maybe uh, other movies of its time. Yeah, I, I I find the performances pretty sincere, pretty uh, yeah. pretty genuine. I <laughs> I love the. I love the subtext of this scene is that uh, Carlos has ordered Consuela, uh, his wife, some uh, some naughty underwear. Yeah. <laughs> but he's had it sent to the jail so uh, so as to, to do it on the sly. And I love this whole thing. <laughs> Carlos, you look like the cat that has swallowed the bird. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Do I look fat? I suppose you could argue that uh, some racial stereotypes are at play here. There's another scene of a. Uh, at Although what, you gotta give one, credit, he he's running this building. He owns this bit. Like I, I think that was actually kind of. You well, know, and and he's a. I mean, he's a big help later on with that double yeah. barrel shotgun. Yeah, and, and I think it's the case is that a lot of times they they would put in a much more uh, menial position in the in the film and. You know, even though maybe the characters are, are are portrayed a little stereotypical, I mean, at least they're not. 
you know, just the help or, some, you know, something else. It's actually right. like they, they have an important part in the city. In the Although day. there's that one Mexican guy sleeping under the sombrero, like napping on the <laughs> that bench. Pretty, that, that's pretty that, that's pretty racist, <laughs> if I'm honest. Although I'm sure everyone at that point was drunk and, and sleeping, on, uh, sleeping on the steps somewhere at, at some point back then. Uh, so anyway, uh, here we go. Here's what passes for uh, for racy racy undergarments in in the old west. Nice bloomers. This is this is a funny bit here where he uh, he holds it to John Wayne. <laughs> so, no, senor. It is better if I make the picture. <laughs> Oh, man, that's uh, funny shit. Yes, oh, Angie Dickinson has a redhead. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> oh, man, she was she was gorgeous. In this, she she really was. I, I got to be honest, she never really did anything for me later in life, but, man, she uh, she really was pretty hot back here. Yeah, and she's got a great character in this movie. She does. And strong character, too. Really strong. Yeah, she, and- she's this amazing kind of... I mean, I suppose, femme fatale is not the right word because it's not the right genre. Yeah. But... She, in some ways, she, you know, she's this interesting, uh, she's this interesting kind of dangerous woman character, you know, which is which is a very common, you know, like the the wrong woman leaving the good guy astray. Watch this, you forgot your pants, and then he realizes what she means. That's a good bit of acting from Wayne, man. Can I just point out the the John Wayne strut? The John Wayne strut song. I remember the first time I ever saw it, I was like, that looks so weird. But then after you've seen so many of his movies, it's just, it is is so much him. It's so much like uh, part of, of every character he plays. I tell you, man, Dino Dino carries this movie in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot of this film is about him trying to get his shit together and, and trying to in some way kind of make up for all the fuck ups that uh that that he's had that you know we don't we don't necessarily see but you know that we know have happened that that uh, that we understand you know that he 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 spent several years in a in a really bad place yeah and a lot of the drama of the film is about his relationship with uh, with Wayne with Stumpy and uh and and also you know the, the kind of i maybe the, the slightly jealous kind of feelings that he has towards Colorado kind of seeing himself being replaced by this younger guy who's faster and not a drunk and all that kind of thing. And it also, I think sort of seeing himself in it, like, you know, what yeah. kind, of, kind of seeing, seeing like, what, that's what, what I, used I used to, to be, be and, and yeah. what I now am. And, and I think just sort of being regretful about that. Right. But anyway, talking about the kind of the wrong woman character, uh, that we were talking about, talking about with Angie Dickinson, because ostensibly that's kind of how she's presented to us. She's kind of presented to us as the wrong sort of woman, the sort of woman you don't want to end up with. And why wouldn't you? Because you'll end up like dude here who fell for the wrong lady. And now, you know, he's a failure and a drunk and all that. And that was, uh, that, that was definitely, I think one of those kind of negative, uh, one of those, uh, negative kind of stereotypes that, that, you know, films kind of had like a slightly antagonistic kind of attitude towards women at one time. Uh, you know, but women were sort of, there were sort of obstacles to men, you know, doing what men do. And, and this film kind of turns that on its ear by certainly kind of sh- holding up Angie Dickinson and sort of saying like, oh, she might be that kind of character. She's, she's chances wrong woman that, you know, he's going to yeah. end up with her and end up like dude. But, you know, come to find out she's, she's got her own foibles and weaknesses and neuroses and which are played to great comedic effect. But in the end, it, it, you know, it turns out that uh, that she and, and Chance are, are exactly kind of right for each other because yeah. he desperately needs to loosen up, and she desperately needs that firm foundation, and and so together they kind of 
they kind of make something greater than the sum of its parts again. Yeah. Great on-screen pairing, too. Despite the, I think Wayne's about 70 years older than she is, <laughs> other than that. I'm not sure that matters. You know, there's, there's, a few, there's a few people out there that, that, that age truly doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure John Wayne, Wayne is one of those. Sean Connery. Probably and, like a Clooney or something, too. Like yeah, ever I, really I, I tell you, man, like, Clooney looks damn good for his age. Yeah. That son of a bitch. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, the I, I love the way he said, "Good evening." <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, just trying to. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> the guy. It almost looks like he turns into another pole or something. Like, turn, yeah. oh, 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 son of a bitch! But uh, I was watching the man who shot Liberty Valance not too oh, yeah? long ago, and um, I, I love like scenes like this where they're. The two guys are walking along both sides of the road, kind of watching, yep. almost sort of cross-watching each other. Like, they can see what's coming on the other side, and the other guy can kind of see what's coming. You know, they're sort of doing their rounds. And Again, it's one of those things, like, it's just a very natural thing. Like, you were talking about sort of uh, people doing their jobs, just daily life, yeah. like, what it looks like. Because this really is one of those movies where a big chunk of it is not action or even direct storytelling. It's just sort of putting you in, like, what the, you know... It's a slow-paced film. Yeah. I mean, it, but that kind it really of builds is. the end, too. That's you know, exactly sort of, right. It, it was meant to build tension to that big gunfight. Exactly. But it, 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 it's a slower-paced film, certainly by today's standards. At the time, I don't know. I mean, this was 59. I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, this right here. I mean, come on. This is just... I don't, but, I mean, awful. I'll be honest. They could have just as easy put a cowboy there, and it, it would have looked as... It would look the same. I, I, I kind of get what you're it's saying. It's just not that whole, like, stereotypical, like, lazy Mexican... Yeah, know, but I, I swear there's, like, a million bad. movies where they put a cowboy sitting out there it's with bad. his hat on it. I don't know if it's that as bad as, as it seems. I... Uh, I did want to point out that that, uh, that tumbleweed that went by um, a few seconds ago, that same tumbleweed was in um, Tombstone. Was it really? Yes. How do you, how, how do you know that for sure? Um, because uh, because he DVD. won an Oscar for being a tumbleweed. <laughs> it turns out that he, had, uh, he was actually the first tumbleweed to start an agency for tumbleweeds. And... Uh, you know, Tombstone's another movie that we we talked about. We, we talked about doing a couple different westerns. We settled on Rio Bravo. Yeah, we kind of threw but, a couple. Um, you you kind of threw a couple movies out, and I was like, you know, I'd, I'd actually really like to do a western because yeah. it, it just it's one, honestly it is one of those that I'll kind of be interested to see the the feedback from from this because you know I think one of our both of our first reactions was kind of like, ah, is this even going to be the kind of movie that that you know our audience, you know, the people that are listening to this would like even want to see. And 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 I was you know kind of thinking, I was like, well, you know, it may not be, but maybe. Maybe by us talking about it, maybe by us kind of talking about what we like about it and what we see in it, that might uh, that might interest someone that maybe isn't you know normally interested in this kind of movie. Because it's I'll, damn I'll totally good. I'll totally admit I wasn't interested in these types of movies before, and, and it just took one or two at the right time to kind of hit me and me be like, oh, you know, I really like this genre. Yep. There's a lot of good stuff here, but yeah, we could have done Tombstone. We also could have done Open Range. Yeah, we talked about Open Range. Uh, open Range is one of my favorite films. In recent memory, my favorite Costner film, easily. He's great in it. Like I'm, I'm not the hugest Costner fan, but man, he's he's, he's great. Fucking incredible. That's, that's just he's, a good movie. He's an amazing. Oh, and and the, the reason I'm kind of saying Costner's movies, I'm talking d- directing. I mean, as far, and like I understand the guy that dances with wolves. Fuck that movie. It's nothing next to Open Range. Yeah, and it, it, it's one of those movies. That I I don't know. That, I don't feel like it's kind of held up as well over time. Like at the time it came out, it was sort of 
I, I think it was different. It was so long. It, it was. It, 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 it was had. Epic. It did have a good story. It was epic, but I don't know. Just for some reason, I don't feel like it held, holds up as well. well I don't or something know, like, like an open range. I, I think even now is not still at the top of a lot of people's minds when they think of movies like this. But yeah. then you watch it, and you're just like, man, this is genius. Well, this is just you, so good. You talk about modern westerns, and everybody goes to Unforgiven. And yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong, Unforgiven's a great movie. Absolutely, yeah. Open range is better. It's you know it really depends on what you're what you're looking for, but it's it's one of those things like I think if you're looking for that sort of you know you're looking for that like sort of vengeance story. Those are two you know kind of different feels, but but essentially yeah. you know in the end result is 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 not too dissimilar. It really um, is. But but two really good movies, and that's kind of interesting that we've actually had in. You know, you, you think of westerns as sort of being an older genre that that maybe has sort of passed by, but really. The movies are open range, Tombstone. You look at something like um, uh, Unforgiven. You, you, you've got like a lot of more recent movies that really, I think, are some of the best in the genre. I agree and uh, hold up very well. And, and, and credit where credits due, I think that I think that a lot of that has to do with Unforgiven, which I think is like that was about twenty years ago. now. Yeah, right? I was like gonna 94? say I say it's modern, but really it is. It is probably it's about twenty years old now. But yeah. I think that I think that Unforgiven. Really, kind of rewrote the book on what you could do with a modern western. Well, and it kind of proved that a modern western works. You know, like like yeah. it proved if you do it well, audiences are are, are wanting to see it. You know, you, you, so it kind of made it uh, viable again. This is a th- this is an interesting scene in that you know ostensibly you know they're talking about. Uh, they're talking about dude. What, what happened? You're getting some what? exposition on dude. You know, Chance is kind of telling him. You know that dude wasn't always a washout. He wasn't always a drunk. He used to be a he used to be you know a real a real professional, uh, as John Wayne uh, calls him. But there's another thing going on in this scene, and that is uh, it, it, Wayne or Chance is uh, he's going through these cards. Uh, and he, he, he does a, a neat bit of acting at the bar where you got like three things going on. Colorado's there. Uh, you know, he's talking to Pat Wheeler, dude standing there. And guy comes up and tells Carlos he wants a new pack of cards. He's not having any luck with this one. And Wayne gives the guy a real, like a real deliberate kind of look. And he picks up the cards and he starts going through them. Yeah. And it's just, it's just that whole thing of like chance in this, the, the character of chance is, is so interesting in that he he is one of the wisest characters I think that Wayne ever played. You know, Chance is a guy who really understands the way the world works, and he's very realistic about it. And you know, so he I mean he immediately starts you know smelling card cheater. You know, yeah. Uh, and it's just it, it's really fascinating to see how Chance is is he is he is simultaneously overwhelmed by the odds of this uh, that are presented in this film, but he's also one step ahead most of the time. Uh, and, and he's still doing his job. You know, he's still, like, even when, like, you know, it, it, it's it, it's kind of more than, like, that is that is the, the most important or the most, uh, it's the biggest thing going on, but yet he still has a job to do. He's still got to go around, do the rounds at night. He still has to check in on, on the, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's very interesting in the sense that, like, you know, he, he really portrays what a, you know what a sheriff or a marshal or whatever would it would have been like back then. You know he's he's, he's got to be a lot, got to wear a lot of different hats, as you will. If That's you will. right, and they're all worn out and have a hole. They're in all the front. worn out. Anyway. This nose thing right here, all right. 
This is a bit of direction. I'm pulling from uh, I'm pulling from one of the commentaries or the DVD special features. Mm-hmm. But apparently, this is a bit of direction that Hawks gave Ricky Nelson to make him seem less stiff and mannequin like. Yeah. But just that that little nose scratch. But it was a, apparently a piece of direction he'd given to another rather inexperienced actor in some film that he had done uh, previously. Huh. But uh, they say, oh yeah, like Hawks took like you know the nose scratch from this actor and gave it to Nelson in this movie. <laughs> He's like, he's like, he's like, tell him, he's like, yeah, deliver that line and scratch your nose. <laughs> I love the whole, the, the whole thing there where it's, it's one of those things that kind of shows again, the, 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 the intelligence of, of chance and like what he's really looking for. He's, he's kind of like, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I thought that would work out. Basically talking about, you know, having Colorado join him and help him out in this, you know, yeah. cause he kind of needs an extra hand here. And he's like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just, I, you know, don't think I can help you out. And he's kind of like smart kid. I mean, he's like, I, yeah. he's like, this is a, this is the worst <laughs> thing to, to want to join. If you did, that's exactly right. If he had said yes, I would have thought something I would have lost about respect him. for it. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's the exact way it's played for. But we also kind of go back to um, that sort of, and I don't know the, the the technical term. You probably can help me out. But it's when like a similar situation is going on when they're talking about you know, hey, a woman rode in on a, on a stagecoach. Yeah, that's obviously what's just happened. And you know, what you were talking about the relationship between. Uh, uh, Chance and um, uh, what's her character? Feathers, called? yeah. Um, and otherwise uh, known as Hotness, <laughs> Angie Dickinson plays Hotness in this movie. But it is a direct correlation to you know what the story he was just telling about what happened to uh, to dude, yeah, to dude. So it's it, it's just kind of interesting, you know, that there's there's you, you know you're sort of expecting okay, well, is this going to turn out the same way? Is this going to be different? Yeah. You know, and it's just a there's a lot of these, layer to it. A lot of these things are juxtaposed uh, to one another. Um, obviously, uh, Feathers, uh, the name of the character, is derived from the fact that uh, she's got feathers. She's got this feather boa here. And I don't know how, I don't know how uh, a woman makes an outfit that ba- is basically covering her neck to wrist look so fetching, but <laughs> Angie Dickinson pulls it off, I'm telling you. Um, so obviously, you know what we're what we're doing at this point in the movie is we're getting a lot of backstory, we're getting a lot of exposition, and we're kind of settling into place who the characters are. We're finding out about you know their Dean past, Martin. Their we're history. finding out about feathers exactly, um, and uh, and you know we find out you know she's got a a checkered past, as they say. I wonder what the origin of that phrase is: checkered past. I I, I would be really curious to know that. I gotta go look that up. Later. Obviously, has to do with the game of checkers. Obviously, and, which, uh, which is a slothful, vile <laughs> game. And if you played it, people lost so, respect for you. Back in the day, it was like it was like uh, playing behead the kitten, <laughs> which was which was obviously a very yes. evil and violent game. And That's so exactly right. Then it was changed to checkers. Of course, <laughs> everyone knows checkers in the original old English <laughs> in means the original. The original Viking version of Checkers was called That's Behead right. the Kitten. We all remember that great short story, A Confederate Yankee in Bullvise Meat House, <laughs> where they play checkers. And I, don't, I, might, I don't like. I think, might be mixing I, up some things I, there. I feel I, honestly, I don't feel comfortable talking about the subject. It's so, it's so, uh, it's so awful. Yeah. So maybe we should just move on. Oh yeah, she's pouring it on here. <laughs> That's just about enough of that. <laughs> You know, he always, you know, there's just a couple of things, you, you know, you think of when you think of John Wayne, but he always does things like he always has that scarf, you know, he always has some sort of yeah, scarf. He's always wearing like a red or, or pink 
colored like shirt or right. or scarf or something. And I always thought it was kind of interesting because you almost always think of cowboys as browns, grays, maybe blues, but very yeah. earthy tones, very dark colors. He really almost always, like in the very beginning of the movie, he's wearing that, that bright red shirt you know, mm-hmm. that he's uh, got underneath there. You know, and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that it's, it's sort of like, I'm sure that did exist back then, but it, but in movies they kind of try to boil it down to like the essence. They're like, well, you know, the, all the all the bad guys wear black, and all the good guys wear you know this, you know, whatever. And, and uh, I, I, I kind of like how he sort of he did his own thing. I mean, he he was just he, he was so John Wayne was he was his John own Wayne. man, yeah. So here we go. Oh, he's oh. so fast. I, I, I'm you do wondering. Not mess with South. You don't South mess with South Dakota. Dakota. South Dakota. Southpaw Dakota. <laughs> um, I noticed they kind of they hide the actual draw behind that uh, that that guy. Yeah. Just just, uh, just standing right there, in front yeah. of Wayne right now. The, the guy sitting there right there. They hide the draw behind that. I wonder if I wonder if that was because he had like a like a trick holster or something that would like let him get it, that gun out pretty fast. Because yeah. I mean he does get it out pretty fast. Yeah. She said, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've all, I've always kind of wondered about that, as opposed to you know, like I don't know, like I, I remember that I think like like Michael Bean, uh, like in Tombstone, like he really he practiced quick drawing. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he was just you know, it's like oh, wanted yeah, it to be as authentic as, as possible. Yeah, that's because Michael Bean's a real fucking actor. <laughs> um, I, I'm bagging on. There's the nose scratch again. <laughs> it's like the only. thing. It does kind of work, you know. I hate to say it because you really think about it. He his. I don't think because otherwise Nelson he's just standing there. It really is, and 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 to be honest with you, I, I like him. He does fine in the movie, but realistically, he he doesn't he doesn't act well. You know, it's not, uh, but it's not like bad. You know, it's not it's not bad either. It's not so bad that you're like, okay, this is just this pulls you out of the movie. But little things like that is one of those things where Hawks, I think, did kind of see. He's like, look, you know. Ricky's got to be in the movie. He's singing a song in the movie. We got to do so. We got to we got to come up with something, and you know, just just something well, small that it does. Kind I, of I think it's basically like I have to find a way for Ricky Nelson to not fuck up my film, <laughs> not fuck up my masterpiece with his horrible acting. Because uh, it's, I mean, Ricky Nelson. I mean, let's face it, he makes Keanu Reeves look like goddamn uh, Anthony no, Hopkins. I, I don't know that I'll have that being said. Um, you know, I was thinking about just that kind of. I mean, because obviously, you know, the old tradition in Hollywood is. Uh, you know, you were just you were just a star. You know, you were a star, and you had an album, and you did you know dancing, and then you had a movie, and you know that I don't know. It felt like for a long time that like that kind of went away, and that you know you didn't really see a lot of you didn't really see a lot of singers like successfully crossing over as it actors. Like everybody's I mean, you know, a little like, more specialized. Like if you did movies, right. you, 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 did you were in movies. movies. If you were in TV, you did TV. If you were in you know, music. You did. You did music, and uh, I. You know, the, the, but it's interesting how it's starting to kind of blow. Was exa- that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like these days, you have people that sort of jump a- across those barriers much more yeah. frequently. Oh, um, there goes Pat Wheeler. He's down. It's not looking good. Um, but yeah, I was thinking. Of, I mean, obviously, even the horse looked back. Uh, that was how good this movie is. The, the that horse was like they they, had, they tried out fifty different horses. That's right. Well, only the best for Howard Hawks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really that's really true. Uh, Hip hop stars, especially, uh, you see a lot of you see a lot of them I, crossing over into acting to some degree. Although I'd say even you know you see like a, I mean fucking like Justin Timberlake. I mean, he, well, that you know, was who I was going to bring up. Yeah, even though I hate his music, and I do hate <laughs> his music, 
Uh, he is not a bad actor, actually. He's not, and to be honest, I actually think it kind of started off with uh, you know, I mean, to, well, to be brutally honest, you know, he started off acting, if you want to call it that. He was in like the you know Mickey yeah. Mouse Club, but I he will and say Ryan Gosling. Yeah, well, you know, but it's kind of it. it he, uh, not to say that like that necessarily begat the other thing, but I'm sure a lot of those people do sort of just they get in that mode, and you know, he, I'm an entertainer. Exactly. I, I I I actually do like his music. I kind of like pop music and stuff I like that. So I, I I like him in that. But I will say the first thing I remember really thinking about him outside of his music was fucking Saturday Night Live. Yeah. When he started hosting Saturday Night Live, because he was he, you know there was a while there he was doing it like all the time, like very consistently, and man. That, frankly, Saturday Night Live has kind of been lost to me for a long, long time. But I would actually make an effort to watch when he was on. Because he actually was very funny. He has yeah. good timing. He has good, you know. But he's one of those guys that I think is sort of, it's not something you necessarily, I think, see very much anymore. <laughs> because you need uh, someone that's, that's good at all those things. And I just don't think you, you come across it as much as you used to. Yeah. Uh, going back to the film for a second, from a standpoint of tactics, that whole leap into the room, back first, <laughs> fall into the middle of the floor, then hop up and clumsily try to get behind the hay bale. Not the best tactical hey, hey, it insertion worked. It that's worked, ever didn't been. It. He's, he's in there. Not the best breaching technique that uh, that law enforcement <laughs> has ever devised, is all I'm saying. <laughs> it's kind of, that's, that's the thing about this movie, is how kind of unsophisticated it is. Uh, At times. When you compare it to like, like, you know, like modern... You know, modern uh, movies or TV, uh, and, and you know, like you know, police are using uh, military tactics, which you know, I'm not necessarily saying I like, but it makes for good entertainment. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, oh, right in the eyes. <laughs> the part that I love about this, <laughs> and, and this goes back to that whole thing about like all all people in the West are assholes to one degree or another. But I love this. I love this where uh, where Wayne comes out and uh, and he he, he kind of gets pissed at dude for missing. I'm like motherfucker, <laughs> you had the drop on him in the barn. What happened to you? I do. I like. I, I love when they have these characters like this. Where I mean, you know, dude is 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 a at this point is very flawed. He's got lots of. Things going on in, in a yeah. bad way in his life, but, but he he's knows still, what he's doing right here. He's still well, like like in the moment yeah. when, when he needs to be on, he he's on. Like he, he's got the job that, down. You see that scene at the very beginning where you know he sneaks up, grabs the gun, and shoots the the drink out of the the guy's hand. You know, yeah. you know this guy's um, got some grit. Yeah, yeah, well, and and it's but it's believable. Like they, they do it in such a way that it's like you, you kind of can believe that he used to be the car- the guy that yeah. Chance says he used to be. You know, it doesn't. Uh, and, and and he's laying it all out here. You know, like I watched the guy go into the bar. The bar's only got two entrances i know i'm a fucking expert on saloons you know but we'll know the guy because he's got muddy boots i mean you know before chance gets out of the barn dude's already got this guy caught he's yeah. got a plan yeah. you know and, and it does it gives us it, it gives us a little bit of a glimpse into who uh, he used to be yeah or, 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 and or who he's, he's trying he's, to be exactly who, who he's capable of being and and that's and then a lot of ways that's what this that's what this scene is i mean this you know you could you could title this scene dude proves out uh, yeah. because it's about Dude, trying to uh, get back in the saddle, going through the front door, and and really the the tension and drama of the scene comes down to whether or not dude's right about all this. You know, he goes in yeah. here, he's got the entire bar kind of laughing at him, playing. You know, like oh, you know, this you're trying to play the dude you used to be, and nobody takes him seriously. And even even Chance is uh, is not sure that uh, that dude's right about all this. Chance is 100 yeah. percent on it either. 
and um, that's a great little that's a great little scare tactic there. Where he slams the door. And yeah, he just stands there for a second, staring at the back of their heads, and slams it to get yeah, there. You know, that's cool. But uh, anyway, you know, th- really, this scene is about you know, dude, kind of proving himself to himself as well as Chance. Yeah, I was just gonna point out something just just as a side, real quick. Something that he that uh, dude is doing, D. Martin's doing as as a character that low is that whole beard thing. You know who it reminds me of? Well, to Shira Mafune. That's exactly right, dude. It's, oh, it's that whole like like Mifune's you know, always kind of you know sitting there his, yeah. Like I'm not. Sh- I, I don't necessarily say that he he got it from that necessarily, but I, I just love that yeah. Mafune. Whoever Mafune was playing always had fleas. Oh, dude, <laughs> he, just, he always had that 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 unshaven you know beard, and he's just kind of always sort of pawing at it. Man, I fucking yeah. love it. I was actually watching today when we were talking about what we were going to watch. I actually was watching, um, I watched uh, The Dirty Dozen, and then I was watching Magnificent Seven. I was kind of in an old school mood today. And then you're going to go on to Seven Samurai, of course. Oh, well, that's the thing. I love, I fucking love uh, all of of, uh, Akira Kurosawa's uh, films. And um, I saw the other day, uh, fucking like Barnes & Noble or somebody had a a fucking sale on their Criterion Collection stuff. And I was like, dude, I need to pick up. You know, Yojimbo and yep. Sinjiro and Seven Samurai and Rashomon and I've got uh, I've got the criterion of all those upstairs on really? Blu-ray. On Blu-ray? Yep. Oh, you fucking suck. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, I. Uh, those were Christmas gifts. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I love. I've got most of those on DVD, but I haven't ever picked them up on Blu-ray. But um, the transfer of Seven Samurai is ridiculous. You know, I'll be honest. I remember the DVD really impressing me. Like, like at the time, just thinking, like, for a movie that's fucking what nineteen forty, right? Isn't yeah, it? I'd have to, I'd have to go look. That's a good question. I, I want to say it's forty or forty-five it's, or somewhere it's in there. Early. Well, let's. I just happen to have Wikipedia in front of me. But um, man, I just I love those films, and it is kind of interesting how many westerns were born out of those. Samurai films, you know, 1954. Like 54, geez, 54. Okay. So only four years prior, or uh, five years prior to this movie, which yeah. is which is shocking to, to kind of think about that. You know, these two films inhabited the world so closely to each other. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And the dollar in the spittoon again, and they're laughing at you, dude. They're mm-hmm. laughing at you, and Chance is worried about you, and you're starting to crack. Uh-oh. He's starting to doubt himself. Uh-oh. He is doubt but setting in. Then- He's good through this whole scene too, you know. We were kind of talking over it, but you know the whole thing where he he knows that Charlie's moving by like what Chance does. He's like seeing Chance's body language and knows Charlie must be doing something. Calls him out on it. There's another close up. You're not going to get very many. Here it comes. Watch this. Boom. Oh yeah, I do love how it looks like like that guy was like hiding in the rafters or something. And I'm yeah. like, although you know, they put a there's a ladder just to the right of the saloon entrance uh, right there. Okay, so that's where how he got up there. That, like, yeah, I, that's that's good. They huh? don't they don't do make a big deal about it. They just put it in the background so you got that suspension of disbelief. Oh, yeah. that's how he ran right in the door and got up. He got up there. That, that doesn't make sense. Although that does also beg the question: Why didn't anybody fucking think to look up there? Yeah. This is kind of showing, you know, they've talked about Burdett a ton 
in this movie at this point. I mean, yeah. frankly, he, his name has probably been said more than any other character's name up to this point, just about, and we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. You know, we've seen his... They really try to build him up. They really do. And, and it's actually, a, I don't want to say it's a letdown, it's a bit of a letdown, because they don't, you know, it's well, you almost expect him to be a little bit more because the they keep talking himself, about you know? it. And, uh, I mean, if it had been Ricardo Montalban that was playing I, You know, in a way, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is It is a little surprising that it's not maybe someone with a little more... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to hurt him, right? You just broke his jaw across your Winchester. I'm not going to hurt him. Hurt passes for an entirely... That has an entirely different threshold than the Old West. <laughs> I didn't hurt him. I just broke every bone in his body. That wasn't exactly a John Wayne impression. I don't know what happened <laughs> there at the end, I'm going to be honest with you. Kind of got away from me. Anyway, back to Akira Kurosawa. But, oh, no, no. Uh, we, we, should, uh, we should do... Oh, yeah, I'd we should love do to do some... Fucking Seven Samurai. Seven you know, Samurai, I love... I, I, probably, Yojimbo is probably my, my next favorite to, to watch. I um, think I actually like... I think I like Sanjuro a little bit more. Really? The sequel. Yeah, I don't know why. It is... It, I actually, I, uh, admittedly, it is. I rarely go back to watch it as often. I don't yeah. know what it is exactly, but it doesn't hold my. There's, there's two know. things. Okay. I love the kind of like I love the kind of the simple message of the film, which is you know like don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, like yeah. the, the entire drama of Sanjuro is predicated upon, you know, like those young guys are like you know oh like you know the new I can't remember like governor you know minister whatever whatever, the, yeah. whatever the official is, you know he is a very you know he's he's a very handsome, proper you know guy. He's trustworthy, and you know, and uh, Ujimbo's like uh, he's like oh bullshit. He's like that's you know that's the person I trust the least. Yeah. He's like you say that your last master was a horse faced fool. Sounds like a trustworthy man to me. <laughs> that you know that kind of counterintuitive sort of thing, and yeah. he ends up being right, of course. So, but but just that that kind of that that simple kind of truth that that's the heart of the film is kind of neat. But then that 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 uh, that fucking sword fight at the end. Yeah, where he and that is, dude yeah. face off for like thirty five seconds, and then when he finally cuts him open, it's like like eight gallons oh, of blood. Lord, yeah. It's just it it's, is the most shocking. It's actually one of those. It's one of those times where like you you watch like a, a, a newer like a, a Japanese horror movie or something like that where yeah. they, they they really overplay that. That was something that was done that long ago, but but still sort of somehow works and doesn't seem um, silly. It's great. Oh, it's the, great. I, I love the reason. I guess I love Yojimbo is I love. The back and forth, the constant playing of one side against the other, sure. and it's just—I—I I, I, I don't know—I just I so love the 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 dynamic that he, that he creates in there, and and how it you know it finally kind of comes to bite him on his ass, and you know, but he still is able to—he still ends up killing everybody. Oh yeah, well, he's what's that? Toshiro Mifune. What's I mean, that get out of here. I can't remember the guy's name, but I love that like that very end of the movie where he, he tells like you know like you know it's a Rocky. Go hang yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the most badass thing. It ever. is pretty good, yeah. We we should watch uh, we should watch some. Yeah, man. I did a uh, my my first my first semester at college, I did a, a film studies class on Akira Kurosawa. And I mean I'd seen Akira like, the matches burned this whole movie. <laughs> Walter Britton's got the greatest reaction here. Watch in a second. <laughs> <laughs> If you we're watching this with the sound, <laughs> I love that. You got, <laughs> you a, got a match, <laughs> like right after that, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I had seen I'd seen most of uh, Akira Kurosawa's samurai movies going into that class. Ah, uh, but yeah, and I think this is maybe when you turned me on to a few of these. Uh, but yeah, like I watched Akiru and Oh uh, man, Akiru is amazing. Uh, Akiru and Derzu Uzala. Um, 
uh, Akira is my my favorite Kurosawa film. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's it, it stars. Um, it's a it's a modern for the time. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was it was contemporary at that film. Time, yeah, and it starred the uh, the gentleman who plays. Um, I'm trying to remember. Kim Bay, or no, what is that? Oh, crap. I, I, I can never, I can never remember. I'm, I'm going to have it right here. It's uh, Takashi Shimura. Takashi Shimura. Takashi Shimura uh, plays the lead. Takashi Shimura is also the, he's kind of the, 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 the lead samurai in Seven Samurai. Yeah. It's a very simple story, you know. If you've he, ever seen, if you haven't seen Seven Samurai and seen The Magnificent Seven, that is like probably the most famous remake of, of the series and Yul yeah. Brenner's character, essentially the one that sort of pulls everybody together is, is who, exactly. And he actually is in quite a few of uh, Kurosawa's movies, isn't he? I feel like he, or, or, yeah, or yeah, he, he worked in the, that, that, um, they, they worked together several times, not as much as Mifune. But. No, 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 yeah, but they, it was part of like, you know, they back then they kind of used like, as, like they had casts that stayed together with a director in a lot for for long periods of time. Yeah. Like you know, where, where same actors would would play you know over and over in different roles. Yeah, kind of like the old studio system. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like if you go back and watch, uh, you go back and watch uh, Casablanca, and you know uh, there was those great kind of stable actors, uh, Sidney Greenstreet and. Uh, and so forth, and yeah. you know, they were they they did a lot of movies. Sydney Greenstreet is is you know famously the he's the antagonist in uh, the Maltese Falcon, also starring yeah, yeah. Humphrey Bogart, which, both of which are great movies. I don't know, you know, it's it's weird when we were when we were talking about what we were going to do for a commentary this week. Like classic cinema was not the first thing that was in my head, but when you were like, "Well, what do you feel like doing?" and I was just sort of like rattling off things, and somehow like Rio Bravo came into the mix. Yeah, and. Um, now I'm like thinking, like, man, there's like tons of like old movies you could go back and do. They're so it, good. It, it really is. It's it's one of those things. Like I don't know. It. it I think, especially like I, I remember it being when I was younger. I, it, it just it was sort of harder, you know, to yeah. watch older. I had movies. no interest in them. I got to be honest. Like black and white films, it, it really was hard to like. I was like, I just I can't get into this. And now I look at it, and I'm just like, wow, it was it's so silly. It's so it's yeah. so it's such a ridiculous concept. But in a roundabout way, I'm kind of hoping. What we're you know, like watching this film, and hopefully, if you're watching along with us, you, you kind of are enjoying it. Um, which, if you want to enjoy it, turn off, turn off this commentary, and start and watching watch the fucking the movie. movie. But, uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's, it's uh, you know, some of these movies I think actually are so, so, so much fun to watch, and such good movies. And they, but they are different, and especially if you're sort of all you watch is sort of contemporary films. Really try to get out of your comfort zone and, and watch a few things because I think you'll find that as you get older, you'll become more and more appreciative of them. And, and, and in a lot of ways, I think you'll hold them in as high regard or higher in some cases than than what you, you right now think are your favorite films, you know? Yep. This is uh, – so a- after everything that's happened tonight, after, uh, after this first kind of skirmish with the Burdett clan – we're kind of settling down for a uh, for, for a little bit of quiet, a uh, little bit of quiet conversation. And Sheriff and uh, Chance, or excuse me, uh, Chance and Feathers have the first kind of um, I don't know the first kind of moment of understanding each other. She sort of apologizes, kind of how how yeah. she sort of handles it because you know she's obviously gone through some tough times as well. But it, it also sort of seems like she is sort of come around. Like yeah. she's 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 now you know she's she's ready to sort of. Go the the, the 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 you know the better path, and um, I, you know it's 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 really interesting because I think I think almost anybody in their life has had you know times where maybe they didn't make the best decisions, and I like I like stories with this where you know people can kind of 
Second chance. Yeah, exactly. This movie is a, is a lot about second chances. Yeah. Um, that that is a a reoccurring theme, and of course, obstinate chance here. I'll sleep in the jail. Um, that hat was which, that. A, that hat. Was that which, another impression? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, but uh, you know. Pat Wheeler's dead now, and, you know, Chance is not taking any chances on anybody else ha- helping. Yeah. He only uh, he only trusts a, a handful of people to even help him protect. You know what I mean? Like, like even even just he kind of has to be there and has to be, you know. I think there's one point a little later in the film where he finally sort of says, like, all right, I'm going to go take a, you know, take a bath and get, get a meal. You know, that's like the first time he's not kind of directly in control of what's uh, the protection Yep. <laughs> Doesn't matter what angle that hat's on, it looks good. <laughs> Somehow, John Wayne pulls it off. <laughs> All righty, so now we're on to. Uh, I think this. I can't remember in total. This movie takes place over the span of like I don't know three days. Four yeah, days, I was gonna say. Like I think it, I wanted to say three, but it, it, you might be right. Maybe four. But, but it, it is it, it, like it's one of those kind of compressed compressed time movies. But it is one of those where you sort of feel to a degree like you you see everything that, that happens in in, in order. You know, like yeah. I like movies like that where I mean, you, you watch something like like even like a Die Hard. You know, Die Hard. You you yeah, ultra compressed. Time. You, you ultra compressed time, but time. you feel like you you see every event that leads to the next. You don't feel like you missed anything other than just the most mundane of things. And that, I think that's kind of the way this film is, too. You, yeah. you, you don't feel like you really miss anything. I, I personally like those movies. I, I really like those films that are about, that, that you know, that almost happen in real time. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. Collateral is, is, a, is yeah. a good recent example of there's, those movies. There's something about the, um, it, it makes you feel even more so like you're, you're in the movie because, yeah. you know, because you are seeing it in real time or close to it. Yeah, um, it, it does. It, it really has an, an immersive quality yeah. to it. No, I'll tell her myself. You'll tell her she's a fool? <laughs> I didn't say... Never mind. <laughs> she say... Me? I'm in the middle. <laughs> I am, yeah. Poor Carlos. <laughs> you know, there's some, there's some interesting... There's some subtitle humor that's coming up later in the movie. I, I've got to point out, but... Uh, I remember turning on the uh, when I got this on DVD. I turned on the subtitles because I was wondering if they would translate the Spanish that he's speaking. Which you know sometimes they do. They'll sometimes say, like, they do. Yeah. Speaking Spanish and then like and in then parentheses. Tell you what it is. Yeah. You know? uh, hi. <laughs> How you doing? Who me? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so obviously, uh, obviously. Feathers and Chance are already fighting like an old married couple. <laughs> and uh, that uh, pretty much know where things are going at this point. Yeah. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting. You know, it, it's one of those things that um, – it's one of those things that – the thing the thing about Feather's character that's kind of interesting is that she kind of instinctively understands Chance. You know, whereas other people around Chance would be like – uh, you know, like, like, you know, what the hell are you so pissed about? You know, Feathers really does kind of get him, kind of gets, you know, his mood swings and all that. Oh, this is great here. I can't. You just watch whether I can go to bed or not. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, don't stop on our account. Um, but uh, it, it, it's just, <laughs> I just said, 
She's got him so exasperated. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, and even in this, you can kind of tell he's already sort of falling. And he's trying to send her off for really for her protection, you know. And, and I yeah. think, and I think, it's somewhat to kind of like get her out of his mind so that you know he he can focus on his job and focus on what's you know what he's doing and you know. Oh hell! Oh, goodbye. <laughs> I just want. And she's not to talk. Watch this. Could have let me finish. <laughs> She's really great in this. I mean, it, it, the, the the comedic stuff that she brings to this movie is really strong. Yeah. <laughs> she is really funny. That she's a fool? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you can tell that there is, you know, there's definitely some, uh, there's definitely some chemistry between these two, but uh, Chance has got bigger things on his mind right now, like not getting killed. Well, and not getting everybody it's else that thing. I think it's a, it's a very realistic thing. He's like, look, I, I, I can tell that I am being sort of uh, d- d- um, distracted, you know, and, and it's yeah. almost it's just as much for for his and dudes and, and uh, everybody's yeah. safety because he's like, look, if I if my mind's not one hundred percent here, shit, somebody's shit gonna get, get bad. Yeah, yeah. So and, and that's that's the that's the that's the thing about it that that I think is. Uh, it's kind of interesting, although this is not overtly said in the film. I suppose that you could draw out of it that you know, as opposed to you know, Chance kind of pushing all these people away and and, and trying was, to kind of go it alone. I just point out that just seems like the most <laughs> the just most questionable the, way the wall of storing of the wall. Well, it's like you just come by and get your gun or somebody else's or or something or something. Yeah, it seems it seems like theft would be a so finally would be rampant. But yeah. again, you know, like you're talking about, like you know, everybody knows everybody in this town. There's That's only true. like you know 100 people living there. It's easy to keep point. track of. Here's the guy that should have been played by somebody more intimidating than this dude. <laughs> Although you got to admit, he his cheekbones are sharp enough to cut your eyes yeah, out. That is very true. I mean, I'll give him, I'll give him that. He looks like an intimidating figure. It's just, it is kind of weird. You sort of, you know, and, and I guess in one way it is sort of how they downplay a, a lot of aspects of this of this movie. Um, it, it is, you know, you, you sort of expect him to be a, a much more, well, frankly, a much more evil type of character. And realistically, he kind of comes in and he doesn't really overtly make any, you know, he, he, he just kind of threatens what's going to happen, but not like in a... You know, I don't know. It, it, he, he's a, not like a snidely whiplash. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. So again, it's kind of more play for more realism. Yeah. But again, we see how how a good dude can be when he's sober. When he's sober. Well, and, you know, th- th- there's a clever thing that they're doing here, which is, uh, you know, Nathan Burdett here. Uh, you know, when dude shoots the rain uh, from Harris's uh, saddle, uh, and you know, he exclaims, "He shot my rain." And uh, and Burdett says, and I'd say he did it on purpose. And you know, Burdett comments that uh, you know you're pretty good when you're sober. You know, so there's this interesting kind of thing that's happening. You know, where the the bad guy, you know, the the antagonist, the villain is is uh, acknowledging, you know, the dude's pretty good, and that you know that helps us in the audience kind of yeah. you know say, hey, this guy's you know kind of got his shit together. If well, even the bad also, guys are paying him a compliment, he must be pretty damn good. It also sort of lets you. It, it kind of has as the uh, the opposite effect of letting you know how aware his character is because yeah. he is. It, he's not just like you know. He's not. Who's hired. this guy? Or what? Like yeah, he's, he's, he's not hired he, muscle. He knows, he knows. He knows what's up, and he knows you know. Hey, this we need. We should be concerned with this guy. You know, don't don't just. Write him off as the town drunk. He he's yeah. he, he is a threat to be reckoned with. Yeah, 
Burdett's a smart guy, and um, I don't know. You know, it's 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 one of those things that like you and I watching this film in a modern context. Uh, you know, we look at this guy and we're like, ah, you know, who's this? You know, who's this dude? Like, because I I don't know if that's something that has come along in recent. You know, or like you know, maybe since we've been alive, but like that whole kind of feeling of like, look, if you're going to have a fucking John Wayne as the good guy in this movie, you need a you need you know yeah. a really strong bad I, guy. In this I would movie. actually say there there is probably some truth to that. That it maybe is a, a little more of a, a newer kind of kind of thing. I don't know. At least to have I wonder about it though. At least to have a a big name be that you know. Right. Whereas you know, again. This character kind of plays a lot more straightforward, more almost like more like the the corporate bad guy in a in a current movie, you know, like something where he's just very down which, to business. Which, and, in truth, is basically what he is. I mean, he really essentially, is, yeah. essentially, he's just a rancher. He's just a really rich, powerful rancher, and uh, you know, somebody who's who who thinks that all his money and power means that he doesn't have to obey the law, or yeah. it, you know, specifically, uh, he he's basically. He's basically, uh, you know, trying to work things for the benefit of his worthless brother. <laughs> Place is all cluttered up with bidets. <laughs> oh man, Walter Brennan's just the best. He is just the best. But anyway, uh, but the point that I was making is that. I'm trying to think of kind of an equivalent star of the era, you know, that would have made like uh, well, like a fucking Frank Sinatra. Like, you know, what if Frank Sinatra had yeah. played Nathan Burdett and been and you know been like this you know really icy, cool, calculating kind of figure? But you know, you kind of think like you you want to have sort of like an equal and opposing force to go up against your A-list Hollywood superstar good guy. Well, you know, now that I think about and it, and I though, don't, I I don't have. The impression of this guy being that, yeah. but again, I, you know, I don't Who know. Maybe at the time, maybe, at the time maybe he was well, much more. I actually figure. think though, back then too, it was a little more about like, in a way, I almost think it wasn't about the bad guy. It was the story is about the good guys, and so in a way, yeah. having someone as big as that might have actually kind of taken screen time away and sort of pulled attention away from what really is the, the characters to be focused on. And he's not on the... I mean, like, basically, this scene that you're getting with him right here is about it. Yeah, really, <laughs> exactly. I, I think you see... Maybe see him one more time? I think I think you see him one more time at the end, and yeah. that's about it. I mean, it really... He, he's got he's got these two scenes right here. So I mean, in, in a roundabout way, maybe that was the smart move and from a storytelling perspective, because it's not this isn't the you know. Again, though, I mean, you could have gotten Ricardo Montalban to do this. Yeah, could have gotten Montalban. That's all I'm saying. Um, although he might have been a little young at the time, I don't know. But here we go, um, and Wayne's basically telling him like it's going to be, and. Uh, and you know, for all the law and order that uh, that Chance has got going on, I mean, he he basically says, "Look, if it comes down to, you know, if it comes down to you and me, and whether or not one of us is g- is going to win or lose, if I lose, your brother's a dead man." Yeah. <laughs> Look at Walter Brennan's face and all this. <laughs> I love that line. You're not as smart as your brother, Joe. <laughs> Before anybody can get to you. You're going to get accidentally shot. My John Wayne impression is awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Why would you need to watch this movie any other way? I'll just, re- I'll just recite the entire, entire cast to you. Now, I love this bit right here. 460 acres might not be a lot to you, Nathan, but it was a lot of country to me. 
you know, you it, it's not like a huge character arc. It's not like we get a huge amount of, yeah. of, of exposition on Stumpy. We don't have a flashback scene where we see Stumpy as a younger man with a wife and a child and and, and a you know a fucking farm and a dog. Yeah. But just that little bit of line and, and what Walter Brennan does with it tells you everything you need to know about his character. You know. Yeah. And uh, and it also tells you it also tells you quite a bit about uh, about Nathan Burdett's character. He's got a personal stake in this. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great bit of really economic storytelling. That guy back there is thinking, one day I'm going to be on the other side of the bars. <laughs> and my name shall be Lobo. <laughs> Can't believe you remember that. I, I love this. You do that because it's part of my job to make sure it ain't poison. Sometimes it takes quite a spell to find out. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, man, Brennan's just, he's just a monster in this. <laughs> uh, so anyway, now we know what the stakes are. We know that we're up against a guy with a lot of money, and he he's not stupid either. No, no, he's definitely not, and he's uh, pretty adamant about getting him out of there and not... You know, I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd almost think, like, you know, in, in a current movie, he'd, he'd buy off the fucking, you know... Marshall that's coming in or something, you know, and get him out of this, you know, whatever. But, yep. you know, it's, it's, uh, back in these days, it was a lot more just grit and muscle and, you know. <laughs> I got to fix your stuff for you tonight. Ah, uh, so. The plot, as she, as she says, the plot. She thinks. <laughs> I like how it's holding his cheek, although it is his eye that's apparently... <laughs> well, but that's to let you see the eye. That's, you know, that's something about older <laughs> film series, I do think they do things where, you know, realistically, I think in some cases, the, the prints maybe weren't as good back then and things like that. So they, they do stuff where you, you have to visually see stuff that, you know, yeah. uh, they do things to still let you be able to see it but get across the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos is Carlos is exasperated. <laughs> That's actually one, one of the things. That, one of the things in this film is there, there's this really, really rapid fire dialogue of people like saying things that the other characters aren't quite getting. People asking questions over each other. Yeah, like this whole no, please let me finish. <laughs> um, just you know all that uh, all that kind of stuff. But it it, it does. I don't know. It, it's one of those things that I really associate with with uh, peri- with, with films <laughs> of the period. She yells and says, "I tried to kill her." <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, like I, I think about like you know, period films. Well, another Howard Hawks movie, another great Howard Hawks movie, is the Thing from Another World. And you know, you watch that movie, and like the dialogue is just you know, you know, it's just like rapid fire, yeah. machine gun delivery back and forth. And it's interesting how I think that that kind of got out of style. Uh, you know, maybe as as a more "Quote unquote," sort of realistic uh, approach to acting uh, to cold, but it's interesting to see. Movie, you know, there there are movies that you know that kind of adopt that sort of style stage plays, but you know, usually yeah. for uh, usually for for some sort of effect or intent, or, or for like a scene or one, you know, like like they'll have those sort of uh, dialogue. It seems like there was who was it? Uh, who's the guy that did uh, what's the um, Gosford Park? 
he was always known for for like dialogue, uh, just chewing through it. Well, for for people like talking over one another and having these natural conversations. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you're talking about uh, you're, you're talking. Oh man, fuck it. Uh, yeah, fuck God, I look it up. Shortcuts, uh, Mash. I can't believe I, yeah, I'm no, not thinking I'm, of his I'm name. Altman, Robert. Yes, Altman. yeah. But but it's it's a very it's it's one of those things. Like I think. Back then, I don't think that, like, back when this film was being made, dialogue like this, I think that's one reason why, you know, maybe I, I feel like it is it, still as enjoyable as it is today, is because it, it feels a little more natural. It is kind of more like how people talk, like how you and I talk. I mean, every once in a while, before you're in, I'll be like, yeah, 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 you're right. We, we kind of step on yeah, to each other a little bit. That's, that's the way, but that's the way people really talk, I think. I think that's yeah. the way people really talk with one another. Not, not you know, in a rude sense, but just, right. you know, it's it's that, that kind of back and forth. As opposed and, to having, like, that perfect kind of pause where it's like, I say what I say so the audience can hear. Yeah. And then you wait for me and to And there's a clear, and, def- yeah, yeah, ending in the beginning of the next person. Which I do think of, again, older films seem to have that a lot of times. And, and, and it doesn't feel as natural or as, as real. And, uh, and that's kind of, like, I sort of feel like that's kind of normal these days. I mean, it's more... It's more prevalent in, in you know kind of more modern films, right? Or I was thinking, uh, I was thinking also about uh, the Hudsucker Proxy, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, maybe my favorite Coen Brothers film. It's it's a really it's a interesting film. one. I think it's the only movie they've co-wrote. I, th- I think they co-wrote that with uh, with Sam Raimi. Really? Um, and um, anyway, Jennifer Jason Lee in that film. I remember the first time I watched it. I was so turned off by her performance. And you know she had like this really kind of strange accent, and like she had this machine gun delivery of her dialogue yeah. that nobody else really shared. And, and I was just like, like, "You, you were just bizarre. Like, what the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> and then, like years later, as I got older and realized that she was adapting sort of the uh, the American accent of that era, yeah. and also that kind of machine gun dialogue delivery that was popular in films of that era, she was basically making herself an actress in. Yeah. The time frame that film took place in, and, and like now I watch it, I'm just in awe of her. I'm like, it's it's just such a brilliant it's, performance. It's such a brilliant approach to her character. It, it it really impresses me. There are a lot of things like that, especially with like you know, the, there'll always be that movie that like your your friend or somebody tells you about, and you're just like, really, I don't I don't get that. And it, it's yeah. sometimes, now, to be honest, it can just be a preference you don't like, but a lot of times it's just you haven't. Grasped what exactly it is that 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 is impressive about it. Just like you were saying there, it's like at the time you're like, this just doesn't. I don't like. I don't like this. This doesn't yeah. seem it was, right. And then, it was over my head. It was yeah. just like I did not. I didn't understand. I didn't have the context to understand what she was. But doing. then once you do, it it, it, it flips yeah. it entirely. Yeah, I keep cool. I keep waiting for Hideo Kojima, to have that experience with Hideo Kojima. Yeah. It's like, oh, now I get it. Although he'll be waiting a while, <laughs> not not just because that, but because it'll take that long for him to get right. to a part where there's dialogue. <laughs> Like so, you'll you'll be waiting a while too. before the next time you hear. Now, um, this uh, well, I'll, I'll wait for the scene coming up. I really did stick my foot in my mouth over Hideo Kojima last week, though. There's, I don't know if you watched the trailer from. Uh, we're talking about video games now, everybody. <laughs> Just hang on a second. I don't know if you watched that trailer from uh, from fucking uh, Phantom Pain, but uh, there's a bit in the trailer where like they're. They're like cremating the remains of like their fallen brothers or whatever. There's yeah. this line of dialogue where, where Snake says, uh, "This is a uh, you know no, we're not gonna like we're not gonna s- scatter their ashes." Uh, this is where he rubs it on his face. Well, he he does that, but then later in the trailer he says uh, he says you know we will uh, we will compress their remains into diamonds and carry them into battle with us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the exact reaction I had. 
Dude, I don't... But I would have stepped further, and I was like, okay, not only is that a stupid line of dialogue, but I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way you could, like, get enough... You could get enough pure carbon out of a human cadaver to, to, like, like, compress into a diamond, right? (laughs) And so I'm just, like, going on, like, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. And somebody in the comments, very genteelly, they were like, hey, Brent, like, that compressing uh, cremated remains into diamonds, that's a real thing. Check it out. So I went and Googled this shit. It turns out you can not only get a diamond, you can get, like, several diamonds. Like, maybe... Nine, burn some nine or more. I, that's what I keep saying, right? Earn some money. But anyway, you can you can compress you can compress a human cadaver into multiple diamond remains. And so, like on the following show, I had to I had to do mea culpa, and I was like, all right, turns out Hideo Kojima was right, I was wrong. But it's still a stupid line. It's of still dialogue. a stupid line. Like, there's something about his his dialogue. Like, there's so many things he does well, and then it, it sort of so oversees like weird things that he does sometimes, and it's yeah. just. I don't know, man. He he's hitting this for me. I, I was gonna say, as time has gone on, it has felt more and more not like he doesn't know what he's doing, but it's just more abstract or something like yeah. some, where I just I'm like, okay, I just let me get to the next level. And he's like the Doug the Lyman of the video game world. Like if you're standing in one spot looking at him, he looks like a genius, and then you move like four stop four steps to the left, and he looks like a crazy person. <laughs> so right here, uh, Colorado comes up. And and explains to them that this band in the in the saloon is playing the Degueo, the Cutthroat song, and he goes on to explain that this is the song that uh, that the the Mexican army played uh, at the Alamo uh, until it was over. So the the meaning here is basically that uh, that they're in an Alamo situation. That we're we are going to we're going to wait out uh, wait you out, and then we're going to kill you, and you're going to die, and we're going to you know we're going to have I don't know we're going to have Dirty, nasty sex with your corporal remains. I don't know something. But anyway. you, you had me. You had me up until that last part. But my um, point is that you know, like, like this. This is a message. This is a very ominous yeah. message. Now, here's an anecdote, and I don't know if this is true or not. But uh, my dad years ago did some research on this, and I can't remember. I'd have to ask him. But either the song that they played at the Alamo was not the Degueo, or the song they're playing here. Is not, not the Degueo. Uh, okay. Like, like you know, they're calling it the Degueo, but it, it's a piece of music that was written specifically for the film. I can't remember which it is, but I, I don't think, in actuality, what you were hearing is what was played at the Alamo. Although I, I think that I think that we do know from the historical record what was played at the Alamo. Now this is a this is a, an interesting kind of scene right here. Uh, dudes teasing Chance a little bit about Feathers not leaving, and look look at uh, look at Chance. Chance get a little riled about it here, <laughs> and um, but but it's an interesting scene, and 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 dude even acknowledges it here in a second. But um, but it's kind of a turning point for dude in a way. He uh, he he can't he can't roll a cigarette yet. He hasn't he hasn't gotten to that <laughs> point. He's still got the shakes, but. Um, he is a little bit better, and, and he, you know, he's talking about this girl that Chance warned him about. Said it was no good. Says you're right. So I figure you're an expert. And then <laughs> Chance throws his book at him. I just hope you had better luck than I had. But it, it is kind of he's he's able to almost sort of. That's the first time I've been able to laugh about yeah. that. And you know that's the thing. Like I mean, it's kind of played for a laugh, but then like that that line of dialogue right there, it Brings really it, back. it does. It gives it that pathos, and, and you know you kind of. You kind of remember that this guy is still healing, still figuring it out. Yeah. Joe, he don't get no sugar. His coffee's just water poured over the old grounds. <laughs> I'll learn him to talk at a turn. 
No, I don't file no action on my gun. I might shoot myself. <laughs> now, this is a pretty cool moment right here. Of course, you know, a cowboy's got a cowboy's got two things, right? He's got a hat and he's got guns. And if you watch if you watch Dean in this scene, I mean, he get, he gives this some weight. And Chance saves him the embarrassment the, the, of yeah. getting emotional about it. It's one of those things, like, I, I don't know, you just, you, you really, these little things really kind of show you how, how uh, what the relationship is there. It's it, yeah. it, it, it's more than just a, you know, ah, you're an alright guy that I know, and, you know, I, I at least trust you more than I trust these other guys. I mean, there, there's a real friendship there, and, a, you know, a caring that, uh, you know, is just real underneath everything else that's kind of going on in the story. Yep. But, uh, again, you know... We're, he also we're, knows that he could save his ass in a, in a pinch <laughs> if he needs it. So he's like, I, That's want, true. This I, good, mean, you, I want you to be fucking well-equipped. There's a real self-interest aspect <laughs> there, there to There is, too. That's a fair point. Very apparent. But, um, you know, <laughs> you know if, if, that first, if that first walk around the town, you know, was kind of an indication of, you know, where their relationship was and, you know, what Chance's level of confidence in Dude was... You know, we, we kind of do see a different uh, – we see how it's evolved at this point in the, yeah. in the film. You know, that great line about been waiting for him to fit you again. But uh, things are uh, things are progressing. <laughs> <laughs> I might cut my own throat. They'll fit. Simple line of dialogue says a lot. It says a lot with a little. And now they're finally getting that uh, that handsome face they paid so much money for. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, have you ever gotten shaved like that before? Uh, no, I've not. I've never I, been shaved with a straight. Oh I, no! Wait, I, I yes, I have. Yeah. Yes, I have. I take that back. I did. Uh, I did get shaved with a straight razor. It was only my. Uh, it was only my sideburns and my neck, though. It wasn't my huh. face. It was back in. I don't know. It was probably in high school or something. I was getting a. I was getting a, a shave, and uh, dude used a straight razor to shave my neck and my sideburns. I've always wanted to get a. I, I, it's one of those things I've really heard. By that a beautiful it's, redhead, I'm sure. Well, right? that wouldn't well, hurt. Come on. Uh, but I've always heard that it's a, it's a, it's a very how it's more of an experience than you might think. Like you know, once right. it's once you've had it, you sort of it, you know like almost sort of spoils you, and then then you you only want that again. I don't know. That's interesting. You have a straight razor? Can you give me a shave? <laughs> God, that's weird. <laughs> it's like asking another dude for a foot massage. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, man, Dean's a Dean's a new man. Check him out. Looking looking pimp in his black and blue outfit, his brand new vest, and so forth. Yeah. But uh, as with uh, you, know, you know, this movie, if you kind of look at like I, I guess like sort of classic screenwriting theory and the pacing and everything that these films you know typically follow you know that it's got to get bad it's got to get worse before it can get better and so uh you know 
it, it like the like things are going too well for our heroes. It's, things it's, are going it's, too it's well. Sort of, it starts bad. It gets better. Gets way worse than and then, the end. Whatever. Whether they yeah. go with a, a happy ending or a you know or a tragic sweet ending or tragic. But however it goes, uh, you know we know that we're coming up on the we know we're coming up on the cliff here, and that uh, these are probably the, the final happy moments before things turn bad. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> in case you were you were wondering whether we were spoiling it or not. But um, there'll be no more chairs sitting outside this door. Um, and again, you know, kind of the—it's kind of interesting how how economically. I mean, this is true of like all writing and film is how economical you have to be and how you know have you have to advance your characters. Uh, you know, pretty quickly, scene to scene. You know, like your characters have to be in a different place at the end of the scene than where they started, because in the next scene they got to be somewhere else entirely. Yeah. And you know, in this case, you know, Chance and Feathers still a little bit of an antagonism there, but you know, uh, she she's got a good idea, you know, and uh, <laughs> she she makes a suggestion that at first seems you know a, a little yeah on its face it just seems oh you want to stay in my room and then it's like got a rocking chair it's more comfortable they won't look for you here first that's like exactly, it's there there's logic behind it beyond there's a fellow out there the black hat that ain't <laughs> but uh you're absolutely right I, you know, it, I, real it, quick i love i love his response here where he's kind of like Nervous. He's almost like he because he almost shot dude. Like yeah. he, he really is. He's he's he acts mad and like you know. Well, you, you, it's your fault. You it's know, so like it's that, it's that, exactly yeah, right. It's he's so afraid good. and so he gets angry. Exactly. And I, I love, it's, brilliant, so good, yeah. it's brilliant, dude. It's brilliant. It really he's is, like, and I mean, I've I've done the same thing. I <laughs> I, I did the exact same thing. I, I won't go in. I won't go into all the gory details, but um, but just like a couple of weeks ago, this, oh, this yeah. thing this thing with. Uh, this thing with uh, with Shelly, I got I got really really angry, and it was because like it was because like something had happened that like really scared me. I'm just like, oh my god, don't ever do that again. And you know, she's like, well, you know, like I was just doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you know, I mean, like really, it was my fault. But but you're- because what happened. <laughs> Like kind of put her in danger a little bit. I was just like my initial you reaction to get was mad about. Or I, was, mad, I was, but I like, was yeah, mad. I was, yeah. I was like mad at her. I was like, oh, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done that. I was like, yeah, but you know, I thought you wanted me to blah blah blah. And I'm like, god damn it, you know, she's right. It's my fault. Yeah. But but that was my reaction. My reaction was to kind of be like, you need to be more careful. And in in actuality, you know, it was like it was just me needed to think ahead a little yeah. bit more. Up, up to this point, though, they really. They really talk about you know Stumpy just is sort of this yeah I don't know sort of a background character right. you know but but you know you you sort of see that whole thing where and, and he's almost too he's so tough I mean he's yeah. just he's like you know I'll just shoot whoever comes in here and that's all it is you know kind of thing but that's that that's great right there where Chance yeah. tells him just real quietly he's talking because he's scared yeah and he's scared because he almost killed you yeah and. Um, it, that, that's and, the thing. It, you know, this movie—it's—it's it's like moments of like really great humor, but punctuated with really good drama, with really legitimate yeah. drama. And, and Brennan just kind of breaks your heart here. You know, I mean, he—he's really—he's really sorry. But you know, this, this is an era, you know, where people, <laughs> for all the talking that they did, you know, they—they they didn't necessarily, you know, like talk about their feelings all that much. You had to kind of figure it out for yourself. <laughs> Were it? He's kind of like you know, even at this point, he just wants somebody to tell him. Look, it's okay. Look, 
it, it all worked out. It's okay. Yeah, yeah but I, man, I love. It. I think it's. I think it's really genuine. Man. I'll fix the door. <laughs> it is. It's a. It's a great scene. It really is, and it's. Uh, because, it, like I say, it starts off as a humorous thing. Like, yeah. he almost shot my – yeah, that guy was me. Like, that whole right. bit, you know, which is – it's funny. It's and then funny. You in, and then you he get gets into, into that, you know, man, he almost did kill him. I mean, you yeah. know it's you know it's not going to happen in the movie. But it's just but that's like the thing. A, they, they do played for they, – they, You know, they say that the, the whole thing to comedy is, you know, comedy is funny because you know nobody's going to die. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, you know, the piano drops on the guy's head or, you know, the dude, you know, falls flat on his face or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know nobody's going to die. That's what makes it funny. And that's kind of what they do in that scene. They kind of like, oh, it's funny because you know he's not going to die. But then they kind of take it to that place of, but he really could have died. And yeah, yeah. They, they, and, and in just a span of, you know, a minute. You yeah. know, I mean, it doesn't take long at all. That's exactly right. So it, it, that scene is really, it's an interesting kind of microcosm for what the film does on a lot of levels, well, which is juxtapose really great humor with, with legitimate well, drama. And, exactly. And like you were talking about where, you know, the, the sort of each scene has to progress just a little bit closer the scene we just saw where he sort of sees I, th- I think he sort of sees Stumpy as he's he's acting one way because he's scared I think that actually has an effect on him here where he's sort of like you know I've been really pushing hard against her yeah maybe I maybe I'm pushing harder than I need to you know it's it's right. each one sort of helps that character development on just a little bit more for 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 each person. That's a good line there. She says, get a good night's sleep. He says, you're not helping me any. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's a line, it's a line that, you know, can be, can be read two ways. I mean, oh, you, yeah. he's kind of, you know, playing as like, oh, you know, like you're, you know, you're, you're babbling, you're annoying, whatever. But, you know, it I'm also, be up thinking about that's you, exactly you know, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it also plays on that level that he's interested. Yeah. And, uh, and it's kind of the first, it's kind of the first admission that he's, that he's made, even in that kind of underhanded, yeah, you know, could be interpreted two ways. Way it's the first thing that you can you can look at and and sort of acknowledge that he is interested here. And then here's this great scene where he uh, he comes down the stairs and carries her back up. Does a lot with a little. That's that's uh, that's how John Wayne plays it. Have you ever uh, seen McClintock? Uh. If you have, I don't think I have. No, I no. believe it's. I want to say that I think it's on Netflix right now. You you should really should watch it now. It's it's pretty much straight comedy. Yeah, but it, it it's uh it's a really good flick, and I tell you, it is. Uh, I don't know, like if you if it'd be something I think you'd really uh, think you'd really enjoy. He, he he's very good in it. I think that I have maybe watched about the first twenty minutes of that. No, that that's that's a movie from the seventies. That was when he was older, right? Um, I don't know if it's from seventy, but I know it's 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 later than this. Definitely, yeah. I don't know exactly when. I was I, for some reason I didn't think it was the seventies quite, but maybe. Uh, I, I, my, I my sense of time is all over. Well, the place I might now. be confusing it with another film, but um, I uh, I do I think I might have seen a little bit of McClintock. Yeah. Have you ever seen? Now I know you've seen the original True Grit, uh, yeah, with uh, with John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Did you see the remake? That the I Coen did not Brothers see did? the remake. I, I dude, I can't it remember. Is fucking good. Yeah, it is. Somebody told me it was, good. it was very good. I got to be honest. True Grit is not one of my favorite movies. The the original, right? I I, I don't know what it is. There's something about. Dude, we've talked about this. There's something about me and seventies. Movies and and I think it was like a late seventies release, was it not? Uh, True Grit, True yeah, Grit, probably. the first, hang, the original. Hang on, and I'm looking it up now. There's know. something about like I don't know. I, I never can get you know 
John Wayne's character in it is 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 different than most other characters he's played, and maybe that maybe just I've had a hard time. True Grit was sixty nine. It was ten years 69, after okay, this. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's there's something about it. I just can't. Uh, and I think that was one reason why I didn't see the the remakes because I just I, I'm just not crazy about the story. Although I uh, heard great things about um, who's uh, what's what's his name um, Jeff 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 Bridges oh, Bridges. Thank you. I'm blanking out there. I uh, heard he did really well in it. Ever- He's somebody too that I'll be honest, I was never really terribly fond of uh, early in his career, and then you know, kind of later after, really, I guess after like the Big Lebowski and stuff like that forward, you know, is when he started kind of doing more stuff. I, I appreciated. He, he, he did. He kind of entered into. Uh, he kind of entered into into a whole different uh, era of his of his career after that. It seems. Yeah. Um, so let's see. True Grit was also the same year. True Grit was also sixty nine. Mm. Uh, or did I just say that True Grit was sixty nine? I thought that's what you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was looking for McClintock, wasn't I? Yeah. Look, I got distracted. Okay. <laughs> I feel like McClintock's probably a little earlier than that. Maybe somewhere in between, like mid sixties. Yeah. So anyway, um, while we've been discussing this, dude has been captured and waterboarded and <laughs> waterboarded, and now a man. Who, who has enough sense to scratch his beard <laughs> to do his best dude impre- imp- impression. But um, there's a... Um, there's, a, there's, a great bit, there's a great bit of unintentional humor that I'll point out here in a minute that you're only going to get if you happen to have the subtitles for this film. <laughs> but anyway... Um, you definitely need to watch the True Grit remake. It is. It is I'll, I'll have good. to. I, I uh, I've actually been told that by a couple of people. I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. Have you had a chance to watch any of uh, Deadwood yet? I haven't. I, I feel bad. You gave it to me. Uh, what maybe two, two weeks ago now? And yeah. I just I haven't. Uh, I hadn't. It's, it's one of those things. I'm real bad. Like one, I I need to sort of know that I can keep watching them. And yeah. I just I keep thinking. I was like, well, I'll only be able to watch like an episode or two. And, I, I know that I'm not going to be able to stop it in episode or two. I'm, so I'm going to like stay up all night, one night watching yeah. them. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of putting it off to that night I can't sleep or something. Kiss him. <laughs> Stumpy, you're a treasure. Well, I. Uh... <laughs> man, there's there's just something about fucking John Wayne, man. He just he, he just has this presence that's just he's got it, man. Whatever that whatever that and, star power and, thing is, he's got it, man. You kind of I don't know you you almost wouldn't. Like until you sort of realize it, like he, he doesn't seem that way. Like he doesn't know. Like his his face doesn't necessarily have like this just perfect structure to it, or he his stature doesn't yeah. have this. Per- he like, doesn't have that Chris Evans jaw. That's for he, sure. he doesn't look, like just on the surface to look at. You don't necessarily, but once you've watched enough things with him in it, you just you're like this guy. This he he is the dude. The Duke. He is like he's just you know he's the man. Il Duce, Colorado, There's Arizona. I call him, I call him another state every time he comes on screen. It's an interesting game that you've uh, that you've developed here. It's uh, I've always been trying to figure out. I've never. It looks like he's wearing something in his ear here, in that one shot. Like I can never figure out if that was just like a trick of the light or if he had like hmm. an earpiece. But Shit, uh, even had earpieces. That small. You notice that his hat is not too dissimilar from Wayne's. It, yeah, I see what you're saying. There is Newer. something kind of like on his. But it, it looks like there's something in his Actually, ear. It looks like he's a deformed ear. If I'm not gonna lie, it like I can't, I can't tell if it's just if it's just a trick of light. But uh, 
I mean, I've, I've watched this movie like plenty of times. I'm like, what the hell does he this have? This is why we need the Blu-ray. I agree. If, if only we had the Blu-ray, we could... Do you have $90 yeah. where we can order it? <laughs> so, I do think this was pretty forward-thinking, because if you watch what they're eating, that is quite clearly a... Uh, uh, what's that new thing from Taco Bell? The fucking... Uh, oh, the quesarita? <laughs> oh, let's think he's pulling out. It looks like cheese, and I always right. think he's eating like a fucking burrito. I'm this like, is Taco a, Bell had fucking product what? placement back in. I'm just kidding. I like this shit right here. Watch it, where, where Wayne's going for his gun right here. Yeah. There's like this thing. There's like this moment, like where he he kind of like realizes that like I'm standing here, you know, with my hands with, full yeah. of a cigarette. I got no uh, weapon. I don't know these guys. And th- there's like kind of a moment where he realizes he's that like, he's I'm gonna, exposed. I'm gonna I'm gonna calmly turn around just to get my get my shit. You know, like yeah. maybe, maybe I can get by with it. Like, it's not a guarantee that this is a bad situation, but before it gets that way, I'm going to yeah. start that that direction. But as, as Chance himself, uh, you know, expounds later on. This, that's, that's exactly right. As Chance himself explains later on, you know, he, he, he's gotten caught with his pants down here, and he's not uh, he's not happy about it. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Black hats, white hats. Yeah. Um, Come on, Nevada. <laughs> you got to jump out there and save his ass. Feathers with the flower pot. I do love how people just throw cigarettes all over the fucking place. I know. <laughs> like, in in the building, he just it's throws... Not, it's not like threat of fire was a big it's, deal. It's not like West. everything is made of wood. Yep. Oh. And we gotcha. I, I like how that guy's twitching involves his leg. <laughs> he, like, just tries to stand up or something. Now, watch watch where Wayne this, goes. Yeah. Watch where Wayne goes for this horse. He just about doesn't make it on there. Watch this. Yeah! <laughs> he really is pushing hard. He is really trying to get up there, son. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> He's like, this was easier 10 years ago. Okay, now watch this here. Now, if you watch the movie without subtitles, he runs in and he says, dude, and you just hear, hur, hur, hur. <laughs> okay. you watch I have this never watched this with subtitles. Watch this. <laughs> Hey, Chance, over here. <laughs> they perfectly they perfectly translate his muffled cries for help. I find that you very look funny. A used. That's awesome. <laughs> now, what's interesting about this scene is that you know, in this skirmish, which they they have survived uh, certainly, but but they've survived it because of the help of Feathers and of North Dakota and. What's interesting, you mean, though, you mean Maine? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. feathers in Connecticut uh, came to the rescue. <laughs> uh, what's interesting about this scene, though, is that both both Dean or, or both Dude and Chance have uh, have both screwed up here. Now, you know, Dean's kind of going all to Dino's kind of going all to pieces over it. Yeah, but um, but the bottom line here is that both of these guys screwed up. Both of these guys got punched. Yeah, and and didn't really see it coming. And- you know, it, the other thing is, it, it's sort of that, again, goes back to that thing. They're, they're, they're more almost as mad at themselves. They're like, how did I get jumped? Yep. But then they lash out at each other. at each other. And then, you know, and then, of course. And here they come to blows. And I believe, well, and we'll wait for the line here because it's yeah. good. Here he goes. The the backhand is something really missed in, in yeah. films today. I'm sorry. Sorry I don't get it done, dude. 
That's the second time you hit me. Don't ever do it again. That's a that's a John Wayne line right there, and he knows what yeah. to do with it. But yeah, they they are. I mean, they are fucking pissed at each other, and so it, that's the thing that's kind of interesting is that the the kind of the 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 emotional sort of low point of the film is not uh, although it comes later, you know, when dude gets kidnapped and and uh, and things are kind of looking grim and whatnot. Yeah. The emotional down point of the film is right here, where it's about these two guys, these two old friends, not well, and, seeing eye to eye. You know, right, like right on the verge of them sort of breaking up. Of, well, of rekindling everything, you know right. what I mean? It's like, right like when it seemed like they were going to get back, back to that place. You, 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 you're, we're now at a point lower than we started at, and we right. started at a pretty low point. But we were working up, and you kind of get that security of like, all right, things are, you know things what, this is on. all right, this go. And then just in 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 one event, it's torn it, apart. Uh, it, it, it's it's thrown into shambles. If you want to like really evaluate it, there's an interesting kind of correlation to like romantic comedy. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we're getting together. We're getting together. Everything's great. Oh, we're totally fine. Yeah, our yeah. relationship is over, and then we have to kind of get back together. There always has that. to be that. Yeah, there always has to be that. You know, they don't want to get together. Then they kind of reluctantly get together. Then everything's great, and then something tears them completely apart. And then they, you know, and then there's no way they're getting together. Yeah, until you know, dude holds the boombox in front of you know, in front of <laughs> over his head. Man, say anything. Oh man, that's going back a few years. We could watch Better Off Dead. That's, that's actually... It's been a while since I've watched that, but I remember I remember really enjoying that. <laughs> they, learned to, they learned to speak English watching Wild World of Sports, and they only talk like Howard Cassell now. <laughs> Lane Meyer, no longer the once proud champion we've raced so many times before. Oh, now a study in moppishness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god, shit. dude! That's good stuff. That is that's a funny movie. But anyway, um, so it's it's interesting that the emotional downturn of the film is really kind of about Chance and Dude breaking up, as it were. You know, it's really about their relationship uh, basically ending. Yeah, or, or, or seeming See, seeming to it, end. It, it, and yeah. um, and you know, neither of them are neither of them are dealing with it too well. You get a little, you get a little whiskey and feathers, and she just goes all to pieces. <laughs> this is great. This is really help get three men killed, or was it four? Didn't need Nevada. <laughs> but that's and the again, thing. it's that like getting angry about you know caring about somebody. That's exactly you know? right. She's angry because she's scared. She's scared to lose him yeah. and. Yeah, and, and the, the thing, the other thing about this is that this is the scene where you really do kind of see just how well Feathers knows him. Feathers really does understand him. She knows exactly what he was going to do. You know, yeah. he doesn't deny any of this. At, at no yeah. point does he say, "Oh, I wasn't going to do that." Yeah, no, you're right. And it's because this is exactly what he was going to do. I'm glad you didn't go. And she just goes to pieces. <laughs> what thing I have for? <laughs> Just when we've got one thing settled, you go bring up another. <laughs> There's this great line here where she she closes things off. We're all fools. We should get along very well together. <laughs> you don't have the excuse I have. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> She's great in this movie, man. She is she really so is. good. I mean, like honestly, she's toe to toe with the rest of the characters too. She doesn't. She doesn't oh, yeah, feel totally. like you know. And I, 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 I do uh, think movies of this uh, era tended to kind of downplay at least. I don't know. At least in this type of movie, in a western, usually I'd say the 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 woman. The, the main role in that would usually be sort of helpless or right. or, or would she, be the exact opposite. Be she, like super tough and be like some, you know, so th- she plays this really nice balance. She, she would usually be the damsel in distress or just, you know, the woman, you know, waiting for... Or the, the, the woman that runs on. the brothel that's as tough as any man in the city. You know, there's there's like that role the, the, too. Yeah, there's all this kind of archetypes. Yeah. Have you seen that Geico commercial? Uh, it's it's really funny. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's like the whole thing like, huh, 15 minutes could save you 15% of more unconscious. Like, everybody knows that. And uh, it's these two women talking, and one of them says, well, did you know that words really can hurt? And she looks up, and then it, it cuts to, like, the end of some, like, you western. Know, some sappy western. She's like, please, Johnny, stay. And it's funny. He's like, I can't. I'm a loner, and a loner's got to be alone. And he goes right <laughs> off of his horse, and he actually rides into the, the end. The end, yeah. <laughs> Knocks him off his horse. Johnny? <laughs> That's funny. I was talking. My mom was actually telling me that That's earlier. Really she asked me about seeing. I hadn't seen it. It's really funny. funny. <laughs> I'm a loner, and a loner's got to be alone. <laughs> I'm gonna start blasting. For years and years and years, all I wanted in my life was a T-shirt with Walter Brennan, like in, like posed right there. He was just kind of looking off at those wild, crazy eyes, <laughs> imagining murder, and underneath it says, "I'm gonna start blasting." <laughs> Yeah, and see here. Here's the kind of. Oh, this is it, man. This is Dino's not taking as well. Look at this. <laughs> Brennan laughing at him. <laughs> Fat yourself another knothead, huh? Here you go, California. You know what would be cool to have, like if they exist anymore, like the wanted posters from the oh, yeah. wall. That'd be that'd be cool memorabilia to have. Piece of Rio Bravo, what I got myself in for. Now, I, I this is one of those things that, like, my opinion of this scene has has changed over the years. When I was younger, I thought this was like like kind of silly and cheesy, but there's something about it now that I actually really do like. This bit here where he. Um, Or he, or he goes to pour the drink. I'd hate to live on the difference. And that's the thing. I, I mean, you know, what's really going on here is that, you know, that dude dude feels like, you know, Chance has replaced him. He's really feeling kind of... And, and I think he feels like it happened so out. quickly. Yeah. Like, he's like, look, we, we just fucking fought, and you've already got me. Like, I, I know it's, yep. it's... He's sort of... I don't know. He's just feeling sorry for himself six different ways. Yeah. And he's got every, every every reason to in his head. Like, you know, look, yeah. I, I mean... I've had all this stuff happen to it. What can you expect from me at this point? But uh, what's really going on in this scene is about, you know, dude's relationship with Chance and and how that's, you know, been superseded by Colorado. But this this bit of business right here, where he stops and, and pours it right back in the bottle and doesn't shake. I, like I said, like there was a time when I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of cheesy in it. But I would watch it now and I'm like... That's pretty damn good. Yeah, actually. I, I actually really like, like it. Leave it open. Don't close it.
almost a close-up. Maybe a medium. Medium close. He knows what to do with it, man. I'm telling you. Dino knows... He knows his shit. But it is. It's just that... It's just that glimmer of hope. You know, maybe... Yep. Maybe we're going to pull out of this. But that's the thing. You know, like, this one is like... The thing that's kind of cool about this... And again, it's just... It's just good writing... The thing that's good about this is it's him doing it for himself. Up until now, it's been Chance and Stumpy kind of taking care of him. So, you or, know, or having to really lead him into that's it. Exactly really, right. That's know, exactly right. That's exactly right. For the first time, he is taking charge himself. Well, He's doing it himself. And, He's and, making the choice. And it's the, it's the first time where they pretty much were like, They're like we're done. It. Yeah. We're, you can, fine. Yeah. We've done, we've, we, we're tired of holding your hand. And, but, and, and it's like he needed that. He needed to hear that. To, yeah. But that's the thing is he's got he's to... Make the choice for himself. He's got to walk on his own. It, it, again, it's just it, it's a simple thing, you know. It's a subtle thing, but it's uh, it's well written. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, like we were talking about, Dean Martin really he he really does do a good job in this film. I mean, he, he genuinely he he probably handles the the emotional piece the best of anybody in the film. I mean, it's... Well, he's got the most sort of emotional acting yeah, of yeah. anybody in the movie. I mean, you know... A- A- Andrew Dickinson, maybe notwithstanding. It's, it's, yeah, is, is, is probably right there with him. No, you better watch out for Colorado. <laughs> I forgot to tell him how trigger happy you are. <laughs> <laughs> Close the window. Still talking about that little accident last night. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is like if anything in the film is really a throwback to another era of Hollywood, it is this, and that is the the in character musical number. Yeah. Now you know that I hate musicals. I loathe them. <laughs> the exceptions being the Muppets and the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Um, and those are the only exceptions to the rule. <laughs> but uh, this scene is interesting in that it is not it is not a um, gee, I wonder if Nancy's gonna get asked to the prom. It's not that. But it is it is literally the characters themselves singing, and, you know. And it is, it's like, you know, it's natural. It's not like there's an orchestra behind the music going on, you yep. know. Because like that is what happens sometimes. Is one character starts to sing and, and it's a the big number. This is this is believable. This yeah. is actually, you know, I mean, it, it, it is totally legit. It's, it's you know, it's in character. It's in the feel of the the moment that's going on. It, it doesn't. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I've I've sort of. It's I'm very weird. I don't like musicals. Although I will have to say, um. Oddly enough, a few years ago, I got really started getting really heavily into uh, Bollywood movies. Yeah, I remember and, you telling me about that. And um, they, I mean, even in, I mean, even in like your big action pieces, like I just watched uh, Doom Three, which is like their their highest grossing, like biggest action flick. I mean, it, it's it's like their Transformers or whatever, right. uh, Over there, and I mean, it has you know four or five. You know, musical numbers in it, and I mean, they're they're yeah. like with now they're that they're the kind we were talking about how we we don't like, you know, with big, yeah. you know, it's it's a, 
But there's something about it's a song and dance. It works in those moves. Like I, I, for whatever reason, it's like once you sort of accept it, it, it does sort of work in those movies. And I've actually kind of grown to really like it in those. But I will say, like I can watch something like, like I can watch something like like Grease. And to be honest with you, I actually kind of grew to like that after working at uh, Real Collections and having to see it, like, <laughs> all of... Because it was, it, I was the only guy, and there was, like, that about was... four or five other women that worked there. Yeah. And that was their favorite fucking movie. Like, Jesus. we we kind of each got to choose a movie that we liked, you know, because, you know, you couldn't just open yeah, just up anything you wanted. So we, we, we picked, like, a few that were safe to play, you know, in a, in a store environment. And that was the one, I mean... Fuck. But the thing was weird was after about a month of straight of watching it, you you kind of you get sick of it, but you do kind of appreciate it too. You're like, you know, yeah. these actually are pretty well written and they work within the stories. It's, it's it's weird. It's like you I don't know. It's like once you do sort of accept it, it, it sort of makes it easier. But I totally get it. Like I, uh, you know, there 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 are just some movies I have like like something like Rocky Horror Picture Show is one of those that I yeah. know so many people like, and I just. It's painful for me to watch. Like it's, it's hard for me to watch. You know, parts of that just because of the the, the musical numbers, which is you know Not all of it. You know, or yeah, just, you know, huge. Basically, what it is. Ex- exactly. This uh, th- this this scene does for, for all of the you know just the the straight up just you know entertainment value. This scene does seem very legit to me on some level, and it reminds me. Uh, to, well, like to go to Open Range, which is the movie that we had a fifty fifty chance of yeah. doing a commentary yeah. on. There's that great bit in open range where the sheriff, he's alone by himself in the uh, in the jailhouse, and he's he's just playing the fiddle. You yeah, know? yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, like you know, people back then, you know, they they did, you know, they played guitar, or fiddle, or harmonica, or something like that, and they would, you know, make music. And, and this because that was really the only way they could. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you didn't really have, you know, you did. I don't even think there they was had. Re- they didn't even they, have like. There was no Victrola invented at that time, you know. <laughs> there was, I mean, there weren't even MP3 players. Not even. Much but, less, uh, much less wireless streaming. I mean, like, how? Yeah. <laughs> come on. But uh, it feels very true to life to me. Yeah, it it actually, agree. it actually reminds me a lot of my family because, uh, especially my mom's side of the family, everybody, everybody played, played, you know, a couple of instruments. You know, my, my grandmother, my aunts, you know, guitar, fiddle, piano, etc. You know, everybody was a musician, and uh, and you know, was, I mean, you know, my family, you know, were coal miners and farmers, you know, so it was just that kind of thing. Like it was how they would react, that re- they would relax. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, like playing music on the porch, and something about that scene always kind of reminds me like of that. that. Yeah, it kind of feels like that to me. I definitely like that. It, you know, like we were saying, it's for this kind of movie, it works because it it feels possible in the world yeah. they're in. You know. Now, I'm assuming she's really doing that card trick. I mean, you know, she—it yeah. it appears to be, you know. Uh, you, you actually see her hesitate. Hand. You see her hesitate just a little. So I'm, I, you, I definitely yeah. think she is pulling it off. It's a—it it seems more impressive when you haven't watched. Uh, what is that? That guy on Penn and Teller fool us. Oh, that that, that uh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name. But uh, he, he's he's one of the contestants on on Penn and Teller Foolish. He does like sleight of hand stuff with cards. Yeah, I mean, he's like ridiculous. Oh, I mean, he's just I ridiculous. But he's been, I mean, he's been like, you know, he's been doing it for like 40 years. He's very, very good. Is this because of the pantaloons? <laughs> Poor Carlos. So anyway, shit's going wrong here. Shit is officially going wrong. And uh, and 
our heroes are about to be waylaid by a guy not wearing a black hat, so he's kind of breaking the rules. Yeah. Is this guy bad? I just, I don't even know. How do I, how do Maybe I know Maybe he's a good is? guy. We have hit upon, uh, we were kind of talking over it, but at the end of the, uh, at the end of the, the, the music number, you know, they, they've, they've, they've hit upon this idea of, we'll just hold up in the jail. You know, we'll, we'll fortify ourselves, yeah. we'll get supplies, we'll get food, water, and we'll just stay here. We'll just stay here until the U.S. Marshal arrives. Because and, at this uh, point, he's supposed to be there, like, the, the next morning or something, exactly. right, or the next day. Or yeah, he's supposed so. to be there soon. Yeah. So, I, I think, oh, well, I'm I think, sorry. I think, I think they're anticipating days. a few days. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty true. So anyway, the thing the thing that I love about this, and oh. I think that this is a little bit of, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duke's got a great smile. I'm busy. Someone's <laughs> telling me something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. You're a towel, eh? Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That really is. This is good pacing uh, and timing and everything. But uh, the thing that I, I the thing that I kind of like is the juxtaposition of like how happy that scene is and and knowing that shit's already gone wrong downstairs. Yeah. But uh, but the thing that I was going to say, I think, that, and I think this is a little Look, bit of maybe uh, first. The, I think we need to get some black hats. Like God damn it! How damn can it, we? Damn it! How did how we get here we, without black hats? How we, how can we get into scum knavery without black hats? <laughs> Sorry, skulldiggery and so forth. Just Wait, can we do skulldiggery if we're not on a boat? <laughs> I don't think we can. Let's all just go home. All right, give, all me, right, the give me the rope. Let's go. <laughs> we should do a mystery science theater. <laughs> so anyway, um, the thing that I was going to say that's cool about the writing here, and I think this is a little bit of Hitchcock, mm-hmm. is that whole thing where it's like, here's our plan. Like, oh, that's a great plan, and it'll work, and it'll, you know, like we'll, we'll avoid trouble, and we'll we'll get what we want if we just get this plan. And they never, you know, get the chance to implement it. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's one of those things like I love, like. I really love movies that uh, that that do that because you can't help like, like something I don't know something about uh, well, about well, the way human too many psyche. movies go the other way like where things just work out too perfect yeah. and you know that's the thing in real in real life nothing ever goes exactly the way you plan it you yeah. know I mean there's always little hiccups and things like that and and uh, it is it's a good it's it's you know kind of. It's great for tension and drama. Yeah, it, it, it gives that audience the expectation, and like they can fill in the gaps. Like, and oh, that, yeah, and that apprehension of like, okay, right. we know, but we but we know something the characters don't know, and yeah. so we we know. But that's you know, when you tell them how it can work, and then it doesn't work. It, it does. It, it creates that. It creates tension, and uh, it's just a. It's a very. Hey, have you got a very cherry soda here anywhere? No, 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 no we no don't. Soda. It's bad for your teeth. I'll fuck you up. Please. Please, no cherry soda. This bitch doesn't give us cherry soda. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite line ever. I'm going to push the hell hell out of of this button. button. I think that was, wasn't that the same Mr. Science Theater where she's like trying to get away from those two guys and she like steps to the left and then jumps to the right and they grab her? Isn't it funny when women try to do things? Oh god, that was funny. Which one is that? I can't remember. I'd love to remember that which was one that, is. that was a really really funny one. <laughs> oh man, that's I think that's the same movie where they do the gag where uh, she's like she's like walking through the headlights. She's like warriors, <laughs> come out to play. play. Oh shit! I gotta try to <laughs> look this up. I remember laughing quite a bit at that one. Now, 
this is one of the this is one of those situations where it just goes as wrong as it can. Yeah. And um, and they've they've just got them dead to rights. They've got hostages, and not only that, but they know their tactics. They know that you know Chance has got to go over there with his rifle uh, unloaded. That Chance has got to call to Stumpy, and you know just like all this stuff, they've got him. But in the midst of all this. And it's it, that's the thing. It's really subtle. It's really subtle, you know. But but dudes telling us like you know, Stumpy's got no water. He can't hold out. He's got no water. And we know that's not the case, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so and so you know, dude is dude is proposing a plan here. You think it's a good idea? I think it's good. But I like the fact that they're not like hitting the audience over the head with it. Hey, we're you know, we're planning something covert here. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they they just let you kind of follow along and kind of realize like, oh wait a second, we're getting into some shit. Nice line here. If it's up to me, you never got off the floor. Some of those you killed were friends of mine. And again, it, it's kind of like that, that line that, that Stumpy says to Burdett, you know, it, it makes this guy something more than just a hired gun, you yeah. know? Uh, he's kind of got a personal stake in this, too. It just it just gives his character a little bit of business beyond, like, why is he invested in this? Like, you yeah, know, why, why does he care so much about, you know, what they're doing? Because, I mean, yeah, he does seem he to have some passion. Why would he life on the line? Why right. would he, you know? And... I mean, in, in a very, in, 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 I mean, in, in a line, in one or two it lines, they're able to do dialogue. that because it that, just makes him a little bit more three dimensional. Exactly, exactly, a little bit less of just a black hat. Yeah, of course, uh, black, he's not hat black hat either, which makes it which is even more three dimensional. <laughs> I'm a black hat guy without a black hat, dude. Like it's that's kind of it's kind of grayish beige. That's I mean that's just like his philosophy to life. I mean that should be on his fucking tombstone. We've been watching you. See, that's another good point. Like, they know they know the plan. Yep. They've got him figured out. Steve. Steve. <laughs> I don't know why. It just seems like his name should be, I don't know, so, so, some something of the, other than some Steve. Some of these names are a little, uh, some of these names are just a little comical. How come? Guess how this is going to work out. I forgot. Oh, not so great. Booyah. Bacow, bacow. So, the shit has officially hit the fan. We are now fighting in the streets. And I guess really, I mean... um, it's interesting the way that, you know, the things kind of, you know, just ratchet up as the film, you know, as the film goes along. We talked about, you know, there's these, the, the film really is a, a series of kind of, I guess, faints, you know. Yeah. The, the, these, these light kind of skirmishes. But there is, you know, it's, it's all been building to this point where you do kind of feel like now, like they've kind of crossed the line of no return. Well, exactly. Up until now, it was, you know, I mean, just each instance, you know, Usually, someone either didn't die, or they were grazed, or if they did die, it was you know kind of yeah. a faceless person. Whereas now, it's like you know the stakes are getting higher. Exactly, and higher. exactly. Yeah. And and people like you know the the other characters here are getting much more pulled into the mix. You know, much more uh, directly affected by what's going on. Now look here, New Mexico. <laughs> 
I'm going to tell you something. If you scratch your nose while I'm saying this, I'll tear your <laughs> finger off. Cold comfort here, you know, is uh, as Wayne is kind of recollecting about, you know, how this is dude's plan, you know. The dude's the one that, you know, that, that came up with this. That came up with it and knew what Stumpy would do and all that. And, you know, it, it's simultaneously kind of like hooray for dude and, oh, yeah, they're probably oh, going to kill him. Yeah. Let's, let's hope he's not dead yet. But uh, I think as a lot of people, well, I don't know, I assume, but I assume that a lot of people know that this film was the direct inspiration for uh, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13. And I, I did not know that until actually we were, I was looking up some info earlier yeah. and saw it. I, I had no idea. It, it's it's not quite a remake, but uh, definitely inspired by. Yeah, very much. Well, I, and I think I think specifically, you know, kind of inspired by the scenario. Inspired by the scenario of, you know, there's somebody in here that they want to get out, and you know, we've got to we, we've got to we got to keep them until you know whatever time, and right. you know, we're, we're on our own and. We have limited resources, and we're we're stuck in one area. You know that kind of yeah. It it, it it has that claustrophobic kind of feeling that, uh, that this movie does to a great degree. There's there's one thing. I'm not even saying that I think it's it's poorly done or anything like that, but there there seems to be a little bit of a miss of other people in the town. You know, there's yeah. one or two scenes where you see people like during the daytime where you see people walking around, but. Especially when you get later in the film, it really does feel like there's nobody else in the town other than other than them. Like at the hotel, it appears as if there's nobody else at the hotel, yeah, except for them. And I mean, maybe that's the case. Maybe 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 nobody's supposed to be there. Maybe because the because the stagecoach left everybody that was you know kind of cleared out cleared out. I, I don't know, but it just it, it there, although feels that, like that, that one day, little... like the morning of like maybe the it's the day that Burdette is, shows yeah. up. They talk about there's a lot of people in town and there yeah. are a lot of extras and stuff around. Yeah, there. and and but yeah, you they never don't get a quite address like why. Like it, it, to me, there, it would have been good to say maybe one thing like you know. You know, other people, people are leaving because you know there's so many you know because there's so much fighting going on or whatever. Just something yeah. that would sort of explain. But that's the, my only little small criticism is I felt like the end of the movie feels but now now it gives a great feeling of of sort of that like aloneness and they're all on their own. It gets that across, yeah. but it but it also to me sort of leaves open a little bit of it's like just where a town is everybody? Full of people. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. just a day ago it was, and we haven't really specifically spoken to why it, why it isn't. You know, it's again, it's one of those things that uh, that open range does really, really well. Like you know, when yeah. it kind of gets down to the to the final the final gunfight in that town, everybody you know everybody heads out of town and goes to the church on the hill and yeah. hunkers down there until the shooting's over. Dude, that man, I have not watched it in a while. We that might have to so we might have good. to do open range. It, it is. It's, that, it's a that, phenomenal. I mean, movie. it's it's such a good film. It's so many things, but uh, man, just the 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 payoff is is so man. It's it's strong. Yep. And in and, and a lot of ways, that, that film is, is structured similarly to this one in the sense that it, it is this kind of series of encounters of small skirmishes, you know, raising the bar, raising the tension, raising the stakes yeah. until, you know, the, the hammer drops in that final scene and then all bets are off and it's just the biggest shootout imaginable. Yeah. In, 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 that, in that way, very, very similar uh, in pacing to this one. Very much so, yeah. Well, it's, you know, I totally forgot about this, but you know, they are—they're they're almost kind of—they're almost kind of addressing like what you were just talking about. We're drawing quite a crowd, although we never see it. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. 
Now, is it? Well, if you want to go out there and get shot. <laughs> if any of us is going to get his head shot off, I hope it's you. <laughs> We're not as close to you yet, so. <laughs> and that that spangly guitar you got with all the with all the the lines on it. You and your city guitar. Man, Walter Brennan really does this right. I noticed that he's got the the stock of his shotgun is shaved down into a curve. You see that? Yeah. Not like how you would use it if you were going to put it to your shoulder, but more like yeah. if you were going to fire it, you know, from, from the, the hip. hip. Yeah. You know, in the small of your of your, I guess your elbow or whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just a neat little detail. Yeah. Sheriff Lobo's very happy with himself. <laughs> Have you seen my <laughs> open your cow mouth again? Well, pattern you, right? vest here. Now, this is an inter- this is a really interesting thing. It's, it's like one of those things that I don't think you do in modern movies because it's not cool enough. But the fact that they walk over there carrying rifles and boxes of ammo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just yet yeah, now now they just fire a million times and, and never reload and you know you, you never. But that's a, that's a great point. But but I mean the 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 logic of what's going on. And you know, I, I had I had totally forgotten about that. You know, all these people just standing around watching them go. But see, that's the thing. Like, or, but there's I, well, other times where the, it's like, where is everybody? Right. I don't but, know. but like, if if I'm not mistaken, like, isn't the logic that like the warehouse is supposed to be on the edge of town? Like Maybe they, they say something like like the Burdett warehouse on the edge of town. So it's supposed to be, I guess, like you know. Out I, well, I guess I'm talking about more of the earlier scenes we've seen, where like you know, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be late at night. Maybe everybody's already gone home or something. But right. anyway, I, I, people aren't allowed to stay up after dark in the old west. That is true. They roll up the sidewalks at night, just like they do in uh, what was that fucking Fall Branch or whatever. Remember that? Remember that Halloween that we were out looking for? Uh, we were out looking for something, and we drove to that town. Trouble over Probably. on the yeah, over on the other side of Kingsport. And we were like driving, and we, we were there at like five ten, and it was deserted. Oh yeah, we driving around, we're like what the fuck? Like it's five o'clock, and like everybody just like closes shop and leaves. Yeah, there was like not like there weren't even like restaurants or gas stations. Yeah, that, that's that's like, the, the thing. Entire I think town shut like, down. Like you kind of you kind of expected some stuff maybe, but but yeah, like gas stations were closed. It's I'm just like, holy shit, deserted. What's going on? What the hell? It was like being in a Twilight Zone episode. Which oddly enough. Fall Branch, probably. <laughs> living if, if there is a Twilight Zone. Living in northeastern Tennessee is a lot like living in a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> at times, kids, let me tell you. So anyway, we are loaded for bear, as the saying goes. We R- Little Ricky Nelson's got his box of ammo. Boxes of ammo. Louis- yeah. Louisiana's going to be important in this scene. He's going to need to... <laughs> Isn't he, though? But it is. It's just. It's one of those things that, like, the conceit of it is totally logical, and yet, in, like, no modern film would anybody, like, it's like, oh, you can't, you know, can't do that. It doesn't... It like I said, it just doesn't look cool enough. Is there a real need to pull up that particular window that had like two pit bits? Of <laughs> I was going to say, like honestly, like I think you'd leave it down. I mean, maybe the bullet will deflect off of it. I mean, I mean, but it's not like you, you can't just gave shoot them a target. It as good as as leave it closed. It certainly wasn't going to stop you from poking your rifle through. Nathan Bergdat. <laughs> Bergdat. This is the only other time we see him. Yeah, and, from two hundred yards away. <laughs> But that's a great point. You think about this. Look, we never really see a close-up of, of them at this point no. for, for the end of the film. Like it, uh, That's a great big old wide shot right there. Yeah. Look at that. They had to work hard to get all that in focus. That, that was... Oh, yeah. That was, a, that was a high F-stop. All right. 
Here we go. The prisoner exchange. I mean, this is as tension-filled as anything can be right here. The slow walk across. Bring him out. <laughs> like, they were carrying him. They did. He even got, like, his two feet sort of <laughs> yeah. come out and, in the air and land. <laughs> Florida, you keep your eyes on <laughs> Maybe we, should name, maybe we should name him after a Canadian province. Alberta! <laughs> Great Keep North, that Northeast. Rifle. Is it just me or is he in completely different clothes? Uh, is this what he changed into in the hotel? I can't remember. I think it must. It's not, it's, not his, it's not the blue and black duds. No, he, yeah. He's got one point. Maybe they let him change. Maybe they changed him for him. Ah! <laughs> they forced. He's like, he's like, you don't understand, shit. They forcibly changed my clothes. He's <laughs> all traumatized and shit. I'm trying to put this in context of the time. I mean, it must have just seemed like all out fucking action. You know, we got you know like gunfights, yeah. fist fights, all happening at the same time. We're gonna pull out explosives in a minute. You know. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it, but you you are right though. It's kind of it's so tame by today's standards. But you know, it, I don't know. It's weird. I really, I almost think we haven't spoiled in some ways because sure, it's. I don't know. I can watch this and it still kind of feels fun and exciting. Not like you know a fucking whatever Michael Bay blowing up teddy bears or whatever. Yeah, but. Um, Nice throw, yeah, asshole. Could you, could you throw it more to the right? I mean, even if you didn't throw it as far, but just not into the path. Of we need to shooting. research what state the worst, uh, the worst Major League Baseball pitchers come from, <laughs> and just call Colorado that state. <laughs> what if it was Colorado? That would just be odd. It, it'd be awesome. Because we would have to change the thing. Like, then the movie... We, we, <laughs> then we, we would make total sense. That's exactly right. We could lay claim to the fact, like, the entire right, region, they it. call this asshole Colorado. <laughs> and then he waves. Hey! Like, hey! Like, hey and his hand gets Thanks. shot off. Oh, my God! <laughs> I bet this guy falls from that window. What do you want to bet? They always fall. Oh, they the always window. fall from the window. And they got to tumble over. No. Bit. Oh, go over, go over. Actually, that looked bad. That looked like he landed on a shoulder. <laughs> it kind of did. <laughs> that did not look like a good stunt fall. Uh oh, uh oh. Hey, we got some deserters. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, they're, no, they're trying to get around. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They're trying to circle around. They made it to that shack. That love shack, baby. <laughs> you didn't really just go there, I did you? Went there. Boom, boom. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Listen to that laugh. <laughs> He's got the greatest laugh. That's that's kind of the the cool underpinning of this scene. <laughs> oh is, shoot, it's me. I brought you some more shells. You need more boxes of ammo. Um, the the thing the thing about the I like scene they're is, making jokes too. I don't yeah. Know, but anyway. The thing, you know, what's going on in this scene, like kind of like I guess the subtext or whatever, is that Chance is kind of finding out that he really does need these people. You know, yeah, these people that he's been. You know, I like how it catches them as one. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he really does need these people, as it turns out. You know, he spent the whole movie. I don't want you involved. I don't want you, you know, helping me. You'll just get killed. You're not a professional. But you know, <laughs> it, it turns out that a bunch of well-meaning amateurs uh, aren't aren't so bad in a pinch either. Yeah. Nice little bit of detail where the uh, the whiskeys yeah, yeah. looking out of that barrel. 
You ever wonder what they did in this town? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't exactly look like they're on like like, like you know grazable uh, you know prairie for like you know cattle herds. I'm not exactly seeing like farmland. Or I've, I've always sort of wondered that about lots of westerns. Yes. Like, I mean, really, it's like, it's like how is this? What, like, what's the economic basis what? for your civilization right here? Why are any of is you there live a call here? center near you, or is there like right, what, well, is it supposed to be like a mining town? Like, is it yeah. you know silver mine, gold mine? You know. I do. And this I is wonder. one of those. I love the whole throwing them and shooting them thing. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> pretty. This is you. You want to talk about? You want to talk about over the topness? This is it. I brought us some dynamite. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> Limping along. You know what, what's funny? I think I read. I may be wrong. I don't think he has that limp. I think that's all just this. The, yeah, yeah, it's just, right? just the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's he, supposed he, to be an old cripple. He, and, he yeah. plays it like I mean, you, I, you know, until I read that somewhere, or whatever. I just assumed it was, you know, he, he had a he had an injury from World War Two or something. <laughs> I'm not really sure why the guy comes running out after. That. Yeah. He's like, they got dynamite, run behind! Ah! I run into their gunfire. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't being blown up by no dynamite. I'm going to be shot. Much better way to go. <laughs> Stumpy's very pleased with himself. It was a pretty good throw. Now, now I like how it does turn into like yeah. a game. Like, yeah, hey, throw one for me. There you go again. But that's you really can't. I mean, you can see, you can see the roots of of so much of the kind of the flippant like attitude about like action in like eighties. Oh yeah, you know eighties adventure movies and stuff. You can see so much of the roots of that like in this kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and and I love it. It's one of those things too. I don't. I'm not. I'm not being critical of it. I'm I'm just. I'm sort of laughing at how absurd it is. is, Exactly. They really blew the fuck out of that thing. They really did. Out of that one corner of the building. Don't shoot, dude. We've had enough. All right, shoot him. <laughs> Turn this movie in a whole different field. That's exactly. Very end, they just brutally... If this had been a 70s revisionist western, they'd have just executed him <laughs> then and there. Done and done. He's like, why, thank you, my good sir. <laughs> thank you, my good sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir! <laughs> and on and on it goes. This is kind of the old West equivalent of like the Avengers, like, oh, you know, we, we killed the uh we killed the mothership and now all of them dropped dead. <laughs> but it, it's kind of the equivalent of that of like, oh yeah, they, yeah all, they all ran off. They all ran off. <laughs> Although, you know, in this case they actually have a legitimate like, well, Burnett's in jail, he can't pay him anymore. He can't so. pay him, yeah, and and uh no, it's but you're right. You're, you're exactly right. It's, it's like, like that neat, tidy ending. Go <laughs> that whole thing. You do think. I mean, it, it is kind of funny. Like you know, in movies now, it's sort of like in a lot of cases that there's a lot of not a lot, but there's a little more story after it's ended. They kind of you know wrap it up. Whereas it's kind of like okay, let's have you know have a couple of good laughs and then you know run the credits. Yep. Now there's there's a there's a thing coming up here. Yeah. That this is maybe the funniest thing in the movie. With feathers? No, 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 oh. no, no. Right here with uh, with uh, Stumpy and uh, and Dude. We'll get to it. This, uh, and I'll, I'll just tell a brief anecdote. This scene coming up, 
this was one of the maybe the only like true bonding experience I ever had with my grandfather, uh, who was a very hard man. He was uh, he he was not overtly fond of children, and uh, and uh, yeah, he, he he came from another era. But anyway, the point is that uh, my family we were staying with with my grandparents one time, and I couldn't sleep. I got up at like four o'clock in the morning or something like that, and he was up, and. He was watching this movie. It was like on TV, like real late at night. And I, mm-hmm. I walked into the room, and he was kind of like, "What are you doing up?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I can't sleep." And uh, I was like, uh, "Is this, uh, is this Rio Bravo?" He was like, "You know Rio Bravo?" I'm like, "Yeah, John Wayne, Walter Brennan." He's like, "You know Walter Brennan?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know Walter Brennan." <laughs> and it, like he was, it was like like that like this moment where he like looked at me as like an entirely different person. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. I was probably like 14 or something like that. At yeah. The time. And but it was like it was like like that moment like where maybe maybe you aren't so stupid or yeah maybe, you know in a way or maybe you aren't you know as as, as useless, useless as I once thought yeah. but it, it was just it was one of those kind of uh, it was it was like one of those moments where uh, and we stayed we stayed up and like watched the movie like otherwise he would have he would have probably sent me back to bed or something but yeah. uh, anyway or tried to <laughs> but the point is that. Uh, the fact that I, I knew Walter Brennan and John Wayne and you know had seen a couple of movies because you know my my mom watched them yeah it was it, it provided like like the one kind of clear memory I have of just he and I doing something together that's cool and it was and this scene right here is what is what put us in fits watch this here where uh, where, he, where Stumpy does his John Wayne impression. <laughs> Laying the law down. <laughs> I think it. I honestly think it kind of catches. Watch it. That, that is not acting. That is just <laughs> Dean Martin losing his shit. <laughs> and he gets on all himself. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Brennan just tears it up. <laughs> he is. He is just losing his shit right there. That is funny as hell. I love I love scenes like that where you can tell that the characters really got genuinely caught kind of one another off guard. Yep, and just left it in. I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's other examples of that. You know, where where people just like you know just lose it and and like they they, they find you know some way to like kind of leave it in the movie. It's pretty provocative. I'm telling you, it's it's not bad at all. Hi, I was talking about what he's wearing. Oh yeah, I mean, what were you talking about? Um... So Consuela's the one that wanted you to dress up like this. Yeah. Hmm. I feel I feel a whole another movie hmm. coming on. I'm telling you what, there's a sequel in <laughs> in my mind. They certainly do that. <laughs> <laughs> Good banter. Good banter. But here we, you know, we, we're finally kind of, we're finally kind of getting down to it. We're just like, you know, we're just going to have to like flat out put our cards on the table here. Yep. And I, I guess in a sense, that's really like what their relationship is kind of about. Like she's got to draw all of this out of him. You yeah. Know? He, 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 he does not, he does not come along easily. She's really got to, she's kind of do the talking for both of them. Yeah, as it turns absolutely, out. Absolutely. Yeah.
I just realized we're not saying anything. No, no. I'm, kind of, I'm like, I'm just right in the middle of the scene here. I'm just, I'm just watching the movie now. I, uh, I tell you, man, she, she really does do a, a very good job in this film. Yes, she's great. Like I said, the only, the only real weak link in the cast is, is Nelson, Ricky Nelson, and he, I mean, he doesn't do that bad. And, yeah, and, and I, I do sort of stand by the fact that I mean, he, he. He serves his purpose, and and I think you know, there's there's not a point where I'm like, okay, that was bad. Yeah. That that could have been done so better. It's just like his part is not. It's critical to be there, but not necessarily. It doesn't need a lot of emotion, yeah. and you know, <laughs> very uncomfortable like with emotion. Back, how back like, down? Hold on, he hold, on hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> she goes crying on him and everything. He's like, just a second, hold on. <laughs> This is it here. Say what? That you love me. I said I'd arrest you. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> She's got it figured out, man. She's got his number. And really, isn't that what we all want? Don't we just want somebody who gets us? I guess that's kind of what you need. You know, like if you're going to have like that Western archetype, you know, the man of few words, you know, you need, you you know, the man of few words could only be with a woman of a lot of words. Yeah, no, you know, that's absolutely. Because well, like otherwise it would be a relationship born of silence. <laughs> I uh, I mean, what you were saying, that whole thing where she really has to draw him out, I mean, that is absolutely the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and of course... You think I'll ever get to be sheriff? <laughs> I like this little bit here where he, he's leaning on uh, he's leaning on Dino for support. That's cool, man. Yeah, man, it's just it's such a good film. It is, dude. They such a good film. They don't I, make them like that anymore. I hope uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this too because I don't know this this is like one of those movies. I, this is honestly I, I, I don't have it on. I don't have it on DVD or Blu-ray because for right. the longest time I had it recorded on a on like my TiVo or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally just anytime I'd watch it, I watch it there. And I, uh, man, I just I've always it's, it's just it's I don't know. There's something it's relaxing. It kind of takes you back to a different time. Yeah. It's um the you know it's it's funny, but it has some action beats and has some drama beats. And it's yeah I don't know. It's just a it's just a good movie. It's one of those movies I honestly can go back and watch pretty much any time and yeah. just really enjoy. And um, I hope, you know, maybe especially especially for people out there that maybe haven't seen it before, and hopefully you actually kind of watch it too. I mean, we, we love that you listen to the comment, to, to our, you know, comments on it and whatnot, but I hope, uh, watch the movie I hope you too. watch the movie too and, and enjoy it because, uh, I don't know, I, I just, I really like it. I play. did too. I, you know, people people have asked us from time to time, like, are you guys going to do anything other than, like, comic kind of, book movies? Exactly. Or like big yeah. summer movies. And we're like, you know, we always intended to do a lot of different kinds of films. And, you know, we, we always. This, this is definitely. This is definitely that. This is definitely as different a kind of movie as Absolutely. we could do. Well, you know, the whole idea we started off with was the drive-home breakdown. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, I don't think we, we really, I don't think, envisioned doing these kind of commentaries. No, this is you know, totally this is fan from, suggestion. Yeah. But, and, and, and thank you, by the way. Exactly. Great idea. Um, the 
the thing is, you know, most of the movies we go to see in theaters, to be honest, are kind of the the big blockbuster actiony type yeah. stuff in general. The I movies mean, that kind of benefit from being uh, seen in a theater, yeah. exactly. And so, um, so this actually is cool because this gives us a chance to to watch some films that uh, we we probably wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have seen in a theater. Um, although we did see Open Range in theater, I guess too. So I don't know. You know, I mean, there's you never know. Yeah. Well, so, I think Guardians of the Galaxy on August first. Maybe maybe, Iron, else than me. maybe Iron Man three commentary around that. Maybe week before, week after. Yeah, I think that's and then probable. Probably another commentary coming along at some point. Um, and then I don't know. Expendables three. Uh, there's some other stuff yeah. we're talking about at the bottom half of the year. We have we actually need on. to look at because we we just you know you you've been out of town a little bit and we just we yeah. kind of got off a little bit of our, our uh, looking ahead. So uh, you know because mainly we're just lazy for Guardians. Well, and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Need, yeah, 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 yeah. So Pumper we Guardians, need to see. Well, we got, I guess we got is Turtles. Turtles, yeah. We talked about seeing Turtles. Soon. That's that's pretty soon. And um, um, I think, Which, I mean, those are all kind of big blockbuster-y type stuff. But uh, right. I don't know. You know, we might mix some other, some other things in there in between. All right, guys. So anyway, let us know what you think. If you happen to watch Rio Bravo, we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week, probably. Yeah. The yeehaw scene. <laughs> the cowboys would raise their hats in the air and say, Yeehaw! <laughs> this has been the Drive Home Breakdown for Rio Bravo, and we hope that you enjoyed it. We threatened to do different kinds of films from comic book movies or summer blockbusters, and we've made good on that threat now. We hope you enjoyed the commentary. We hope that this inspired some of you who have never seen Rio Bravo before to go back and watch it, and we do look forward to watching other kinds of of films. It just so happens that we've been in the summer season. And speaking of the summer season, Guardians of the Galaxy on August 1st is going to be our next theatrical drive home episode. Probably do a commentary between now and then. Stay tuned at Breakdown Show on Twitter, drivehomebreakdown.com for more. And remember, pro driving tip number 108 never bring a gun to a dynamite showdown. See you next time. <laughs>